Welcome to another episode of Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and Keller Williams agent. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. This group's about networking and doing deals. This ain't your grandma's Rhea, folks. No guru bullshit from the front. No smell of stale coffee. Been gay and or disappointment. You know what I'm talking about. RDI is also this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done, and I pick their brain for your entertainment and hopefully education. And if you enjoy this podcast, help me out. So I'm going to do this every time. Here's the deal. I basically took a whole year off last year to produce a ton of content. It ended up being about a month's worth of work, unpaid work, which I don't mind and I'm not whining. However, this podcast is too small to monetize and it's too big to quit on. So right now we're sitting at about 750 weekly listeners and our goal in the next 11 months, help me out folks, is to get to 5,000 weekly listeners. Here's how you can do it. First, go to iTunes and subscribe and rate and review the podcast. I don't know why this is how they do it, but this is how it works, and this is how you get it done. This is how you move up in the podcast world. So if you haven't already, please do. For those who have, which, by the way, there's like 35-plus of you now, thank you. That's awesome. Also, how you can help me out is share this podcast. Share it on social media. Share it everywhere if you like it. If you don't like it, don't do any of this shit, all right? This is just for the people who like it and want to hear more of it. Don't like it? Move right along, okay? Help a brother out. I really appreciate it. And the deal I'm making is... You guys do that. I'm going to double the amount of content I put out this year. So there's some new shit coming. Lots of new shit. I'm talking all sorts of new shit. You're going to love it. You hold up your end of the bargain. I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain. All right. So I appreciate it, guys. Um, also, uh, like it as well. If you can't just do all that stuff, it really does help. Anybody uh, have any comments, questions, or suggestions, go to renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in attending any of the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Jeremy Burgess. I haven't been very active on them lately. I apologize for that. I've been in the fucking weeds working. And then um, hit me up on Snapchat, which I haven't even been on in a couple months. I apologize uh, at Jeremy A. Burgess. And I'll get that shit together. And of course, as always, go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit wholesalers. All right. Legal disclaimer. Don't blame me. You fucks. This is the way of the world. In no way, shape or form should anything that I or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that before you make any investment decision or decisions, you contact a lawyer and or other licensed professionals and stop being a fucking pussy too. be an adult. Don't sue me. All right. Do your due diligence. Be an adult. Stop relying on other people to take care of you. How do you like that shit? All right. Show code of the week. Time for the Renegade Detroit Investor Show quote, where I try and pick a quote that sets a tone for the podcast and hopefully your week. And this week, my guest, Mr. Dundon, picked it for me. I love when they do that and they just email it to me. It makes my job easy. Thank you, sir. No the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Stephen Covey. I know it's a little play on words there, but the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Without further ado, let me introduce you to my guest, Michael Dundon. Mike Dundon got into real estate as an agent in the summer of 2009 because his prospects for landing a decent job weren't good. He didn't have anything else better to do, so he said, why the hell not? So he bought his first investment property in June of 2010 with his business partner, Jesse Boyd, who also did a podcast. I can't remember what number it is, but it was, uh, it was last year. Last December. Last December. It's a good one, by the way. Um, yes, it is. 
Yeah, I think so. I really like uh, Jesse Boyd. Anyway, that house was a flip that went horribly wrong and out of necessity became a rental. Rental seemed like a good idea. And over the next five years, they bought 53 more single family rental homes, which they managed together. He married his wife on this day, September 21st in 2013. Happy anniversary, sir. Thank you. That's awesome. So that's three years, man. Damn. All right. They live in Ferndale with their dog, Deborah Jane, who's fucking awesome. Deborah has a really great body, which is true for a dog. She's buff as shit, guys. <laughs> and it's not weird if you're into that kind of thing. Currently, Mike is selling residential real estate with his wife at uh, Caldwell Banker, but will soon be coming over to Kelly Williams under Jeremy Burgess, right? Yep. That's probably not going to happen. But anyway, um, she's she's doing good shit, man. Although it'll probably change to Kelly Williams in the not-too-distant future. Uh, he also has to pick up some more single-family home rentals to uh, get into multifamily. So he and his wife would like to travel uh, up north um, as much as possible and take a month out of the winter, go somewhere warm. You definitely need to check this man out. Go to facebook.com forward slash Dundon Nation, D-U-N-D-O-N Nation, and send him an email, mhdundon, D-U-N-D-O-N, at gmail.com. This will be in the show notes, folks. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, this has been a long time coming, and uh, I'm glad you're here, and happy anniversary. Thank you. I thought you were joking. I didn't realize I booked no, you on your anniversary. Your wife's fucking cool. She lets she you is. come in on the anniversary. I love my wife. So let's go back to the beginning. Well, the First, beginning. <laughs> there was, was uh, man and woman. No, okay, not that far. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, am I close enough to the mic? Yeah, you sound great. I was uh, born and raised in Birmingham, Michigan, um, the, the main streets of Birmingham, not too far down the road from here. Um, yeah. Had to shoot your way to and from school. <laughs> yeah, I um, let's see here. Went to the went to the University of uh, or Michigan State University, the fall of '97, and then transferred to the University of Michigan in '99 and graduated in 2002. I didn't graduated. I did. Yeah. What was your degree? History. Which I'll That's get a into. useful degree. <laughs> <laughs> so where I come from, it's a pretty fluent area. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, it absolutely. Is. You say whatever fuck you want. This is Jeremy's um, podcast. <laughs> they don't like it. They to me, to my else. memory is you just, that's, you went to college. You, there was no other, I didn't know anyone doing anything else. It was, I think it's like 92% of people in Birmingham schools go to college. Which Makes I thought sense. that was normal, which turns out that that's really high number. The rest of the world doesn't necessarily work that way. No, nor should it necessarily. But um, I didn't go for any good reason. I just went because that's what you do. And um, the value that it had for me is I from nineteen to twenty three years old, I probably would have been. I drank enough anyway, but I would have drank a lot more and done a lot more drugs if I would have not been in school. So it kept me somewhat busy and focused. And I did well, and I uh, got a history degree. I sh- if I could go back, I'd get a finance or economics degree. I was going to say, why history, I, man? Because I didn't know what I want. I had no idea what I wanted to do. It's hard to um, know what you want to do at no, 18, 19. What the fuck? Sure Jesse. But. Yeah, that kid. <laughs> we all want to be him. <laughs> no, I had no idea. I was in bands. I'd always been – I started playing bass, guitar when I was um, 14 because my old brother did. And I uh, grew up listening to Guns N' Roses. Duff McKagan was my idol. I just saw him actually last this past June. It was awesome. A little fatter, a little older. No, he looks great. Looks he good. Tons of yoga. Damn. Doesn't do drugs anymore. 
think after his pancreas exploded, he's pretty healthy. <laughs> That'll do it, right? <laughs> I guess I, uh, I guess I should pay attention to this health thing. They right? all look good. Axel, Axel looks a little uh, clown face from all the plastic surgery, but no, they look, they look good. They sounded great, but I digress. Um, That's what play. we should rename this podcast, Digress. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Renegade Digress podcast. I'm your um, host. Allison Chains opened up too. That was awesome. But Sounds anyway, good. Um, I love Allison Chains. They're awesome. Yeah, tell me about your fucking band, man. You were like a real band guy. Like you told me, you see, like, I played in a band all through high school and um, all through college. Well, most most of the way through college. In fact, the only reason why I transferred from state to U of M was because my band was practicing in Ann Arbor at the time, and I had to make the commute back and forth. And uh, Ann Arbor is way cooler in East Lansing. Sorry for sorry, Michigan State people. Deal with it. Not not the schools. I could care less about the schools, but the town of Ann Arbor is far superior to East Lansing. Um, I gotta offend a lot of people. But. Good. That's what this podcast is about. Actually, even worse, I had to go to Central to visit my girlfriend, who's, not, who's, not, who's now my wife. Who's now my wife? She was going to Central. And even worse. I Central's even worse than East Lansing. But um, but uh, you're gonna win all the fans. <laughs> what else? Not the school. I'm sure the school is great. But yeah. uh, wait, we don't we don't like Spartans. We don't like uh, who, uh, what is Central? I don't even know what they are. Uh, That's how much I pay attention so, to sports. <laughs> so I went to U of M, graduated in 2002, um, got a job working for the Birmingham um, Public Schools as a teacher's aide. What the um, fuck? How'd that happen? My brother was doing it the year before, and somehow he got me in. Serious connections. Okay. My whole life has been connections. Like who you know. But um, so I actually did that for the next seven years. And what was great about that is I was playing in bands all that time, and 2006 through eight, I was doing a lot of touring. And so the government working for the government, I was able to, uh, working for the man, take tons of leave of absences and not get fired. Um, <laughs> and not lose my job. And it was awesome. I a love union. that. It was a union union. I mean, yeah. Union? I don't know. Well, that's why I'm Full so health insurance. Yeah. I was making like towards the end, like 15 bucks an hour, which was pretty cool. Cause it was a really easy job. what did you um, do? Is it a teacher's assistant? I worked kids with disabilities and helped them get in and out of wheelchairs and other things that are a little more graphic that yeah changing tables and um taught a kid how to drive an electric wheelchair which is probably one of the high points uh, right I actually was yeah my high point in the seven years of being there but you did that for seven years i did yeah i mean i don't even feel like i know you mike yeah we don't we never this never really, this. Yeah, we don't really talk like this. Yeah. This, but, um, Seven years as a teacher's assistant. Yeah, because I, and I never was really ambitious about doing anything else because my band was, I was ambitious about making it as a rock star, which, you know, the percentages aren't high, for, very high for that. But, um, that was the dream, rock star status. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I mean, I don't know why. Just because my brother was in a band and he did pretty well and oh, modestly well. And I just wanted to be like my older brother. So, um, but 2006, I joined a band that actually started touring with Ted Nugent. And the, did I tell you that? No. In the summers, we toured with the opener. I knew for it was Ted somebody Nugent. big. Opener for Ted Nugent. That was a lot of fun. Um, it was kind of like a job, though. It wasn't like people always think it was tons of partying and chicks, but it really was. It's work, man. When you're on the road, it's a shit ton of work, isn't it? And everyone's like, oh, what's Ted Nugent like? I'm like, I saw him three times, but he's like Donald Trump. He's like, just. Surrounded by people all the time. Yes, like, man. Can't just, even get yeah, to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It'd be like Ted Nugent's like Donald Trump was a president. Yeah. Um, 
Money has a funny way of doing that to people. It's like circle <laughs> them and just tell them whatever they fucking want to hear. So long as really it keeps... loudly and people just nod their heads and yeah. they get all excited by it. And, um, <laughs> even if he's completely saying something that's full of crap, people just like it because he's yelling and speaking forcefully. Um, but uh, he's a great guitar player. It's Cash Crash, Cash Crash Fever. It's a great album. Oh, that's um, a fucking great song, man. But uh, sometime in um, 2007, actually, this is my... I, um, Cause I didn't grow up with any kind of financial. My dad has been a real estate agent since full time since 1982. So I didn't know anything else, anything. I never knew about like people working for anyone or having a job. And yeah, I remember the one thing he always told me is to work for myself. Other than that, he didn't tell me much, <laughs> but, um, I had a good childhood, but they didn't, there was no financial education at all. I feel that's and, uh, like most Americans, yeah. unfortunately. Right. I got nothing either. Yeah. I mean, fortunately I've never been a big spender. I've never, even when I wasn't making any money, I never had credit card debt. I always lived modestly. I still do. I mean, it's, I have no idea where that comes from. Cause my dad's the polar opposite. He's the belongs to a country club, drives a new Cadillac every year. They live in an expensive area. They're leveraged to the hilt. They have, don't have very many assets and I hope they're not listening to this right now, but proud to be an American. <laughs> yeah, America. They, make the, they make the economy work. But, yeah. Uh, it's good for the economy, Mike. Why are you being so negative? But, um, <laughs> sometime around, so anyway, sometime around 2007, actually the first, I read a personal finance book by Jim Cramer, you know, the mad money guy. Yeah. I don't know why I don't, I, I think I remember one day looking at my paycheck it was a Friday and like looking at all the taxes. I never paid attention. I look at all the social security FICA. I didn't know what that meant. Michigan state tax, federal tax. And I was like, screw what the hell is all this? Like what, what's going on here? Like, and then I realized I was like 29 at the time and I'm like, I'm kind of a loser. I don't really have anything. My car is <laughs> worth like, my car is worth like 500 bucks. Um, right, let's, let's see what else is. Let's, let's do some education. Let's get some education here. And I read that book and it, it was all about personal finance, talking about IRAs, retirement accounts. I didn't know what any of that was. And to not have debt and just basic personal finance stuff. But the one thing it said is that to buy a house. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll I could do that. Cause at the time I was in Ferndale and I didn't know if I mentioned this, but I, in 2003, I moved to Ferndale and I was running a place with a bunch of buddies. And, um, I, uh, started looking around to buy a house and I got super lucky. I was looking right. If you know, summer 2007, right when the market started to take a dump and, um, I finally was able to buy a house in March of 2008 and I bought, you were just there. I bought like a, a total Beautiful third. House. It was yeah. just a shell of a house on a double lot in Ferndale for 34,000. Man, using don't a, you wish you could buy 10 of those now? Oh man. <laughs> Regret. Using an FHA 203K loan, which was a pain in the ass because a ton of red tape, but it was the only way I could buy a house. I mean, I don't even think... I'm pretty sure maybe if I would have waited another year, I wouldn't have been qualified because they started to really clamp down who could, who could qualify for the Explain loans. what the FHA 2031, It's just a, you get the purchase price and then you get like a basic construction loan sort of for the renovations and they wrap it into your mortgage. So when you're all, when all said and done, I bought the house for 34, they gave me like 40 grand in renovation cost to put a new furnace, HVAC, plumbing, electrical. This house needed everything. Uh, paint, the uh, fixtures, kitchen, bathroom, everything. Um, and so what is that? 40 plus whatever. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So I saw at the end of the, at the end of the day, I had $75,000 mortgage I had to pay on. So I basically had like, 
I basically was like flipping a house kind of because I had a lot of equity, even in 2008 when things were, uh, it was like a freaking spiral down every month. It was like 10 grand was coming off the. <laughs> yeah. For those listening, um, most of the country it was end of 2008, beginning of 2009, they started to take the dump. It actually started happening in Detroit in 2007. And then it kind of spread to the suburbs in 2008. So, um, he's not kidding. Prices, I mean, it was more like a nosedive down, like fast. So, just a little history update. Not everybody, some of these people are so young, they, don't, they weren't even, yeah. they were like in, they were in yeah. fucking junior high when this shit happened. So, yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's a good program. It's just, it's a pain in the ass. It's like any big government program. And, um, the interest rate was a lot higher. There's a lot more fees. There's more costs. They still have them now, but it's just, it's unless you really need it, it's cost prohibitive. It's not, it's, it's good if you need it. And I needed it. So, um, like, you know, when you're doing the renovation, the contractor has to be licensed. There's an FHA inspector appraiser has to come out every couple of weeks, inspect the work. And then they release the money to the contractor and draws and, um, which is at the time I was annoyed by it, but it's actually a good thing. Oh yeah. I probably would have gotten raped. I had no idea. What. No. Or what if they gave you all the cash? <laughs> actually, oh, God. Yeah. No, yeah. That actually, worse, saved, right? actually saved me. Cause, cause the contractors couldn't overcharge me. Cause it was like, here's your budget. Get as much done as you can for this budget. And I knew the contractor, but I mean, there was no money to be had. If they would have gone over budget, that was, it wasn't my money. It was FHA and they're not going to, it's not like the contractor can come back and be like, Oh, we ran over budget. We need more money. No, that's true. I didn't <laughs> even think about it. So they were boxing the corner, right? So actually yeah, I got to, I got to thank the government for that one. Thank you. Um, thank you. Government. <laughs> you did something right finally. But, uh, and actually this might have started landlording. I, I bought the house with the intention of just taking my roommates who were living with my, in my rental house or where I was renting and just moving into them into my house. So I was like, why I'm, I'm paying this landlord. I might as well, I might as well take the money. And, um, so moved two of my friends in there. Actually, my friend, his wife, which is hilarious. And then my other friend, so we had four people living in this house. They lived in the downstairs. Of, and it was a bungalow or it is a bungalow. I still live there. And, um, uh, I lived in the upstairs, had my own bathroom. And it was pretty nice. And at most, actually, and I did that for the next four years until fall 2012. And I pretty much, either live free or live for like 150 bucks a month. I mean, it was pretty sweet. That's a good thing. Cause that was kind of tough times. Wasn't it, man? Yeah. I'll get, to, I'm trying to speed this up here, but no, um, that's fine, man. if I didn't looking back, if I didn't have those roommates, I would have been moving back to my parents and look at those lean years from 2009, 10, 10 to 12. I would have had to move out. Should send them a thank you card every yeah. year for like, thank you they for not letting me move back. They got and reduced rent. They would have them up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to move back in mom and dad's basement. <laughs> but uh, actually, and then I learned, um, I used to get my statements in the mail in 2008. And I was kept seeing like PMI and I was like, what the, what the hell is this PMI? Screw this. I don't need private mortgage insurance. I'd always call up National City. It's PNC now, but at the time it was National City. And they'd be like, yeah, we can't take your PMI off. It's part of it because you need to pay your, down your loan to a certain amount. And I was like, screw this. So I called them our mortgage broker. And, um, I found out the soonest I could refinance was January 3rd or something, 2009. So that's the day I did an appraised for a hundred and I was able to refi into a conventional loan and drop from 7.2 to 5.5%. And my payment dropped like hundreds of dollars. 
At that point, I was actually I was making money at that. I was making like a hundred bucks a month at that point because their rent didn't drop. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> their rent went up, son. <laughs> My payment dropped, but uh, yeah. but that that wasn't that was an eye opener for me because I was like, wait a minute, this is sweet. And little did I know if I would have waited longer, it would have dropped probably to ninety and eighty five thousand, and I could I would have been stuck. But I got it right in time. Um. And then, um, let's see. Yeah, what, what's it worth now? Just out of curiosity. One seventy-five, yeah, one eighty, maybe one eighty-five. Yeah, yeah. The, the moral of that, it's, the, did you refi at the stupid interest rate we have yes, now? Yes, I did. I Which, by the way, if you haven't, if you think this is going to last forever, you're wrong. This is that's like yeah. three point five, three point six. So I'll, I'll jump ahead a little, just yeah. for real quickly. I refied in April of two thousand fifteen, and. Pulled out forty seven thousand dollars in cash, refied into a three point two five percent into a fifteen year. So I mean, it's amazing how fast that pays. I mean, I've already paid off ten thousand in principal, and like that's such a great idea. Months. More people should do that. Just get it, you know, amortize it for fifteen years instead of thirty. Yeah, especially it's because I I, I want to be I want to have the stuff paid off. I'm pretty conservative um, financially, so I don't I don't want to be I mean, literally, to get a thirty-year, you might be able to have a hundred dollars less of a payment. Like, yeah, it's just not, it's not worth it's it. Not man. worth it to me. No. But, um, but anyway, so um, the end of two thousand eight. I don't know how much you want to go into this? I was a I was a big drinker, a big drug user. I stopped doing that, and then um, two thousand nine, I was in the winter, spring. I had no idea what I wanted to do with myself or what I wanted to do. At, at one point, I was going to join the army. I gotta do that. I'm glad. So glad you didn't do that, dude. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna go to law school. That's I don't know which one's worse. I might take. I'd rather you go to the army, me yeah, too. than law school. Both really bad idea. That's all we need is another fucking lawyer, right? I was gonna try. Yeah, <laughs> my brother's a lawyer, but yeah, but yeah, screw him. Just kidding. No, no, um, we like you. There's got to be one good one. But fuck the rest of you. <laughs> I was gonna teach English in Japan. I was gonna travel the world. I was gonna do all this crap. I was gonna sell commercial real estate. And then around June of that year, I started thinking like. What you know, my dad's been in coal banker Emanuel Birmingham since the freaking seventies. And I was like, Why am I I can just go kind of work under my dad and learn. Like why am I I was trying to like rebel against my dad. Like I don't want to be in my dad's shadow. Like That's know. a very common thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, the more I thought about it, I'm like, that's stupid. Like I can go, I can learn from him and go on appraisals with him, go on inspections, meet all his clients and you know just get in that way. And like, like my bio said, I really, I'm not kidding. I had nothing better to do. I just had, um, no direction, nothing. Oh, I will, let me back up. I will say also in that 2008, I got the $7,500 Bush, uh, that's right. Credit. You did not, no, not a credit. Cause it wasn't as good as the Obama one. You actually, I'm still paying it off. You got to pay $500 every year back under taxes, but whatever. It's an interest free loan. So, that actually gave me enough because I had no money. That actually gave me enough money to be able to quit my job at the school district, which I did in June two thousand nine, and then get into real estate. And that's when I met you, that I think, me right? For a little bit around that time, nine or ten. And actually, in June of two thousand nine is when I first my brother knew Dennis Fassett, and that's I got his little went online and got his little set and forget it CD collection thing, which we also had Dennis Fass, Fassett on the podcast. That was a fucking great podcast. That changed we had a my great life. Time. Listening to that, I used to listen to going up north and back. I listened to the whole thing in like one weekend, and I was like, "This sounds, this is sweet." Yeah, Dennis and, knows his shit, man. And um, so got into real estate. 
January, uh, July 2009 when literally no one was getting into real estate. It's hilarious because my wife just got into last year and she's like, you know, the ranks are swelling with agents back then, back, you know, or now, but back then it was like, it was me and one other chick. And, um, none, people were leaving. No one was coming in. There was no training. There was no, like people were getting bought out. Brokerages were merging. They were closing down, and I'm here's I'm just sitting at my desk. It was fantastic. <laughs> two thousand eight, two thousand nine, still the, the best years of my life. Mortgage industry shrank by sixty percent. I think I read it one. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All the agents quit. So here, and like literally at that time, seventy percent like of the market was REOs and short sales. And yeah. Like, so, dude, it was awesome. Blood in the water. You know, and I, I actually, I'm so glad that I got in then because it's I rip on my wife all the time how how easy she has it, and she complains about. Oh, it took three days to get an offer. What the hell? You know, yeah. it's like, like it was like eight months back then. Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> days on market. I used to target properties with days on market greater than one year. Wow. And I would write super low offers at 15 yeah. cents on the dollar. And by the way, folks, that worked. Yeah. It would not work now. You would but that's, that's all I knew. And I, you know, I just, I jumped in. I took all the train. I got all this, you know, the free training from being a board member, MCAR, whatever the hell it was. Um, to class on short sales and REO HUD, HUD stuff and just just dove in and I sat put my ass at open houses and just got a couple clients. I sold my I sold a house for a hundred in Ferndale, which that house is my friend's probably worth two eighty now. She got it for a hundred thousand in two thousand nine. Yeah, and she got eight thousand dollars from Obama, which paid for her wedding. But hell yeah, <laughs> thanks Obama. <laughs> so she met out pretty well in that one, but yeah. um, she is making out well. Um good my second house actually ended up being the house that I, the next door neighbor to where i grew up and i sold that one for three hundred thirty thousand. it was a client that i got at open house and i got like a fifty five hundred dollar commission check and i was like ah oh, maybe this isn't this is not so bad and I'm like, at the right price more point. than i made in like half a year at my job almost i mean i don't know you know it was pretty amazing um but the problem i had is my i'm so stupid with right at the time i was so stupid with money that Second, I got that check. I went on bought all new windows for my house, and had no idea how to manage money. I just once it came in, I was like, I spent it on good things at least to my house, but but I had no idea how to manage my money, and I limped along. Got you know, sold a couple more, worked with a couple buyers, but most of my friends and people that I wanted to list their house couldn't sell, and they weren't eligible to do a short sale because they didn't have a financial hardship, and they would have had to strategically default, which no one wanted to do because for whatever reason, but. So it was a difficult market to be in as an agent. But uh, around the end of 2009, I also went to a Mark Islow, like seminar. I think this one, Brown, I met, met you. Yeah. Actually, I remember sitting next to Jeff Rabinowitz at this. He doesn't probably doesn't remember this, but <laughs> he asked me. Uh, it, was, it was like November 2009, and, and I had just taken Dennis's um, – I'm kind of jumping around here. Sorry. No, it's fine. I took um, Dennis's Set and Forget It rental boot camp in like October, and I was like, sweet. This is awesome. Looking back, I had no business being in cash flow because I had no money. I really needed money, not cash flow, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was sitting next to Rabinowitz at this seminar, and I think Steve Lundau talked to that one, some other some other people. But he was sitting next to me. He's like, so how many units do you own? And I'm like, one. And I was all insecure. I was probably sweating. And I was like, uh, one. I ran out to my friends and like my house. And he's like, oh, cool. I mean, he was cool, he was cool but... Yeah, Jeff's a cool guy. He also <laughs> did a podcast. Go listen to it, folks. I wonder if he remembers that, but... Uh, he probably uh, does, man. He I was so everything. shy. I'm not, I'm not outgoing, and you know, I just kind of sat there. But I soaked it all up, and that's one thing I'm good at. I soak up 
information. But, um, and then, so I signed up for Marcus Law's whole coaching program, which was a couple grand, which sounds like a lot. I know I, I usually, I bash guru, gurus a lot, but that, that whole thing that I was involved with a couple of years was a really good thing. It taught me about private money. I don't know what the hell private money was or about, he talked about how a mortgage and a note and like how everything kind of worked. He had these like one-on-one coaching sessions and I learned a lot and actually it came in handy. It really came in, came in handy. So, um, then in the spring of that year, I, Dennis actually introduced Jesse and I, cause Jesse took his boot camp to his rental boot camp. And Jesse's like, come on out to Redford. We met at Panera. You probably, I'm probably repeating myself. What no, Jesse no, said, he, but. no, tell me. <laughs> no, but we met and we were just he like, he likes Panera too, by the way. Yeah. Doesn't he? he fucking digs it. I like it now too. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> free wife, a lot better than McDonald's or Wendy's or something, but that's true. Um, so we just met and we're like, cool. We both wanted, we were hungry. We both wanted to do the same thing. I hadn't been to Redford since I played hockey there probably in the eighties, but I didn't even, I, I remember back then I'd like print out the map quest directions on how to get to Redford. I didn't know where Redford was. And uh, <laughs> so we met there and he wasn't an agent at the time and I was, and we just got, um, got to pull a bunch of listings. We just started going. That was back when there was just a ton of inventory, mostly REOs and short sales and, um, so we just went out and looked at like 15 houses and we did that a lot through the rest of that spring. And then that's when we bought that first house in, um, June, 2010, which actually that, that house I learned from Mark Israel too, which I wouldn't have known because I was trying to, as an agent, I was trying to make all these offers myself. I kept losing every single one. And I learned from him to just go through the listing agent. Yeah. Tell, so tell people, cause you're <laughs> going to need this again, folks. What was the strategy? Yeah. Uh, so this house and we finally bought on uh Virgil in uh Virgil street in Redford. Um, I just called the listing agent and was like, I want to put the offer in for through you. And it's just common. I mean, they, they get both sides of the commission then. That's and exactly when you're making right. a grand or a thousand dollar flat commission, two sounds a lot better than one. So survival technique for the downturn. They exactly. Would, they two would sounds a lot better than one and, and yeah. you're not doing any more work. Like I use their P I use their, her PA and just showed up her office, brought my EMD in and, and I know that there was higher offers. Absolutely. I know there were, I know that yeah. she actually, I had to come up a little bit, but she was coaching me the entire time telling me where I need to be. <laughs> and this is all, I can't get in trouble. I didn't do anything wrong. No. Yeah. But, um, but she coached me through the whole thing and I got, we got the house. Never would have got the house if I would have tried to make the offer on my own. Yep. And, uh, so that's strategy one hundred one in a downturn folks yeah. skip the buyer's agent. If you're an investor, go right to the listing agent. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more, say no more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it does work. I did a lot of that too. I can honestly say that well, we've bought the MLS in a couple of years now just cause the market's hot, but those first 30 properties, we never put our own, we always went to the listing agent every single time. And that's why we, we probably wouldn't have. We probably would have got 10, not 30 if we would have tried to do it ourselves. But yeah, don't step over dollars, pick up pennies. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to get the 3%. Like, yes. Yeah. Get the deal. We were smart, but I learned that through that alone was worth the $3,500 or whatever I paid Mark for that. Just that advice. I mean, I learned a lot of other stuff. That alone was worth the price of admission right there. But, um, cause I didn't know that stuff. Um, but around that time, I, I left Cole Banker and joined a, a small guy in Pleasant Ridge owns a Remax franchise who, who I knew was a friend of my brother's. He was a contractor, worked with landlords, was heavy into, you know, working with investors. And that's kind of what I wanted to do at the time. I was 
looking back on it, it was kind of stupid. I was really, I kind of looked down on being an agent. I felt insecure and I want to be a flipper. I want to be a house flipper. It was so sexy and like, you know, it was, but, um, which it is, but, but um, it still is. <laughs> but, uh, well, now I've being an agent to me is anyway, let me dude, all. one of my friends <laughs> who, who I don't, I don't want to name, but he just did a flip, a $70,000 yeah. check. Yeah. That is sexy. Oh yeah. No, it's fucking is, yeah. sexy. Yeah. You can make a lot of money as an agent now and it's, you it's, can, it's, but, uh, anyway, so I got out of being a kind of a retail real estate agent. And really went to him and learned under him um, how to work with investors, how to understand what or what a, what's a deal, what's a you know just that kind of stuff. Um, he was involved with Fannie Mae and like stuff like that, and he would show me everything. And he was was pretty basically one on one. It was a really small office, so he had time to show me everything. I was like one of two agents in the office. Damn, that is small. So um, he was actually he had a con- he was a contractor too, a general contractor. So he's the one who did the work on that first flip flip quote unquote yeah <laughs> but uh so uh we bought that house we had some people work on it we document the whole thing on like facebook and youtube and trying to get private money and um just hustling and uh went to go you know it was all done in september went to go sell it and i think jester said this i'm like as smart as I am as an agent, I'm pulling comps across Telegraph, across main roads. Oh yeah. <laughs> to justify the ARV, Oops. the after repair value. Yep. And um so we had this thing listed at like seventy, seventy thousand, sixty nine nine, something like that. And we got this offer in, in that market at that time, it's probably still like that. It was all FHA. People needed people had no money. They probably had one person in their family that had good credit and they were able to get a loan. They needed 6% concessions. So they offered like 72 with 6% back or whatever. And I'm like, sweet, you know, cool. But in the PA, they asked for like three month closing or something ridiculous, a $500 EMD. Like just the timetable was ridiculous, but me not knowing, I didn't know. I just didn't know anything then. And I just accepted their offer. The freaking loan officer Worked out of a big boy, probably. I'd call him, and there'd be, there'd be all this like people talking in the background. He's like, "Oh yeah, Mike, everything is going great." I, and like you know, just total big boy is a fast food restaurant in Michigan, by the <laughs> way, folks. If you're if you're curious, because we have global listeners, so total Detroit style. Uh, oh yeah, that yeah, was a hood yeah. loan right there. Oh, yeah, total yeah. total that that whole thing. I didn't know. You're and, telling me it didn't go through. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, it wasn't. So the I got a call from the appraiser. I still remember where I was. I was looking out my my. I got a call from the appraiser. It was they got the results and and I was looking out my window, my front window, and it appraised for sixty. And I almost took a dump in my pants, <laughs> like just crapped out my heart. Like I just was like, and I you're probably counting on the money, right? Sixty thousand. We were literally in it for like probably fifty five or fifty two. I mean, it was like best case scenario at that point. We would have broken even. Um, Jesse thinks we would have made a little money. I don't think I think we would have. I think we would have lost or broken even at best, but, um, either way, it's come to thank God that didn't, that didn't work out. But, um, so I, I, we, we went back and forth with this, with this dude. We finally got rid of those people and my broker, thank God I was aligned with people that knew what they're doing. Cause if I was, if I was on my own, I would not be sitting here right now. I'd be done. I was so, I've never been so afraid of my entire life. I'm like, I have this house. I didn't mention I borrowed to buy the house. I borrowed 30 grand from my parents' retirement account. 
Ooh. And they needed that money back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to need that. <laughs> and so I was just crapping my pants. I was, I didn't sleep for like two days. I was so afraid. And, um, my broker's like, just put it up for rent. He's like, and just, you know, just get it rented. Don't let it, it's, this is almost December now. This is like November. So like, get it rented, figure it out later. And I knew about private money then. So I was like, okay, we'll try to find a private lender. And, Cause that was my first time I put it up on the, on the MLS and found a tenant and for the grace, thank God they worked out. And yeah, um, cause you, you weren't, oh man, that we, I could have gotten, you didn't know anything about landlording I mean, at the time, no. yeah. but I was with my broker who did. So it's the theme of my life is being around people that know way more than me. And oh, that, fuck. Uh, yeah. That's I way mean, if I been way. doing this on my own. I, I, I'm not the kind of person, the lone wolf like that charges into a, a new area of whatever and it excels like i no way i need like people that are way smarter than me and to figure this stuff out and help me because i can't i just no way i would not be here right now so we got them in the house and i didn't i, I gave them the keys didn't do a walkthrough with them didn't like nothing like just i ran like a credit check and got their ink she was on social security did some basic stuff but um i remember like that first couple of months that they owned the house, the heater went out one time and she called me and was like, Mike, the heat, I don't think the, the heat's not working. And I was like, okay, go downstairs, find the heater. She's like, what's that? Or the furnace. She's like, what's that? I'm like, it's the big metal thing in the corner. <laughs> it's got a lot of like vents. She's like, what's a vent? What's a, Oh damn. Oh, it was, yeah, it was brutal. And like, and, um, just, it wasn't rehab the best. So a lot of stuff was breaking and like, I just, we just were kind of scrambling, finding people to fix stuff. And, um, trial by fire on that one, huh? But I remember, I remember this distinctly that I got a check for a thought. We don't remember it was 10 25. I got a check for 10 25 one time. It was waiting for me at the office. And I remember like I held it for like five minutes. And I was like, this is awesome. Like I just got paid for just having a house. Not, you know, it's, I wouldn't call it passive at all, but it was just, it was pretty cool. So, so we did that. I did that. And then, um, at that time I was working or, the previous six months, I was working with a, lot of, a couple of investors, finding them houses, making them rich, which was good because I learned. You know, I one guy bought like four houses in Oak Park. Back then, he's buying them for like thirty thousand, oh, forty thousand. Yeah. was just ridiculous. This stuff's worth like a hundred and thirty now. Man, it's at least, yes. Yeah. Good for uh, him. Good no, for I you know. too, right? But you know, the thing that I, the smart thing that I did back then was I had my little cash flow calculator that Dennis had in his program. It's a little Excel spreadsheet that spits out your return and like you plug in all the numbers. Purchase price, your repay, your repairs, taxes, insurance, maintenance, vacancy, and so every time I would sell one of these houses, they're always these REOs or uh, HUD homes or estates, estates, and I'd be like, "Wow, they're making this much." I plug in their interest rate and do all the work myself, and and uh, I did a lot of homework, probably more than they did, <laughs> and I was like. They're making a lot of money. And like I'm that's making a thousand dollars, which I needed that money at the time because I was freaking so broke. But um but uh and I told my um buddy who was in my band who became our private lender um about Redford. I was like, it's a good market. You guys should they're buying in Colorado all the time and they're looking for they had a bunch of money and wanted to start buying real estate. I told him about Oak Park and Redford. Cause we learned in Dennis's class that there's um called them destination cities kind of like border towns like there's detroit 
And then there's Redford on the west. There's Oak Park in the middle. There's Harper Woods, East Point on the east. Yeah, yeah. These are great rental areas. Or I think you call them destination because people are leaving one area and they're going to the outer ring. Absolutely. But yeah. they don't want to go too far because it's too expensive and they want us to be near their family. And that made sense to me. I was like, cool. Still makes sense. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And, uh, and the price, the rent to price ratio was really good. Um, the taxes were low. Border town. It's kind of like El Paso and Juarez, you know? Like people are trying to leave Juarez and live in El Paso. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Tijuana, San Diego. Yeah. Um, so he started doing that. I was selling him houses. And then I, the whole time I could not find a private lender. My parents would call me every like couple of days asking where their money is. And I'm like, <laughs> Mom, Dad, I killed your money. <laughs> trying to figure it out. And finally, one day, I remember I was at my parents' house, ironically, and I was like telling them like we were trying to find private lenders. And this guy who was in my band that was buying houses with his brother and his dad. And he was like, well, I'm kind of interested in lending money. And I was like, cool. Really? Yeah. And we, thanks to Jesse, and we sort of worked out a note and a mortgage because of what, we, what I learned in Mark's class or his program and, and just did the deal in May of 2011. And Jesse had bought a house a month ago and he refied that one with a guy. And finally, I was able to bring the check to my parents' house and give them the money back, which is a sweet feeling. Hell yeah. A $30,000 check. I should have probably given them like 10 grand interest. I think they'd pay a 10% penalty. And Oops. <laughs> you still can. Yeah, I paid them. Yeah, but I paid them back since then. But yeah. um, with love. With love. Hugs. <laughs> but uh, so we're so he's like he saw this house that we'd done it was basically a flip so it looked really good and he he walked through the house and he was like happy with the house and the tenant and things seemed to be working well and jesse's a little wizard and he liked the way we did business and he knew me try i mean he's known my brother older brother since like 1990 or something so he knew i wasn't gonna run away with his money or he thought i wasn't going to which i didn't um so he's like how many you guys want to buy and we're like i don't know like maybe five more and He's like, okay, go ahead, go buy them. And so we just started buying. That's an them. easy conversation. Just go buy them. Yeah, because he started getting a couple of checks in the mail, and he was like, "This is easy. This is we were paying him at the time ten percent." I like checks. Ten percent. I mean, where else are you gonna? I don't know. Many places that pay ten percent without doing really anything, with doing nothing. So, and he knew the market. He knew what a good deal was. He bought his own houses, so it wasn't like we were like find some guy on the internet saying, "Hey, lend us money." Like he he knew. You figure worst case scenario, he gets a good deal on a house, right? Exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah. We, if we, we don't make the payments, he just takes the house back yeah. and he gets another house. Yeah. So it was a pretty much, it was a win-win deal. So we bought four and then we bought 10 and then 2011, 12, we bought 16 houses from June, 2011 to, um, March, 2012, we bought 16 houses. And then March 1st, 2012 hit. So I remember it was like a perfectly perfect spring warm day in the market changed and just started going up again and um ever since then it's been a lot harder to get houses but um i don't know i'll stop talking there no we'll get we'll get that opportunity again well i want to go back i don't know how much you want to talk about it but i like i like people who've been through some shit and come out on the other side right so you kind of glossed glossed over it so um i wanted to talk about if you feel comfortable talking about a little bit so you had a problem, like I had a problem, like a lot of people had a problem with 
drugs and alcohol at one yes. point, right? Both, so you, all you, the above. You were in deep, <laughs> right? Yeah. You were in deep. How long? How long were you in? And talk about some of the ways you fucked up your life. Um. Nothing you don't want to say, though. No, Just I don't. Whatever I, you're I started drinking with. when I was 14. Yeah. I was probably an alcoholic from that day forward. Realized at 30 years old that I was going to go be a complete loser, live a loser life, never do anything successful in my life if I didn't stop drinking. And um, and I got in some legal trouble. I got a DUI when I was 22. I got a 2007, 2008, I started getting in. I got a urinating public and then a which is a horribly embarrassing uh, charge. It is. But and then I got disorder, drunk and disorderly the next year. And um, my you brother, were getting feedback, basically. Feedback, but thank you. My brother's an attorney, so I can't rip on attorneys too much. He got That's me true. out. Yeah. One of, one of the drunk and disorderly were over here in Red Oak, but um, got me out of both those charges. I paid a fine. But it woke me up where I was like, man, I'm a freaking loser. Like, the Dude, band, I, like, I was love trying this. to make. Yeah. make um, the second one, I was just, both of them, I was scared because they were right before I was going to go on tour. And I was like, I'm going to get kicked out of this band. I'm not going to build. This is my life. Like, I'm a musician and this is how I make my money. And, well, that and my job. But but I was making money. I was making a decent money as a musician. Decent meaning being able to pay my bills. I'm yeah. not going to make this more romantic <laughs> than it really is. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Wait, wait. Wasn't there, like, bitches and all that stuff? Ted Nugent had really good food, though. Yeah. All the freaking wild game and the moose and the buffalo or the hell he was cooking all whatever the you killed that week yeah it's good yeah. but um we ate really well um so i was just kind of the writing was on the wall for me i couldn't i was ignoring it ignoring it and i was like i'm in a band i'm young partying i'm drinking i was pretty much just drinking on the weekends i wasn't like an everyday drinker um but it was starting to have an impact in my life negatively impacting my life and so um in February 2009, I started going to Alcoholics Anonymous because my brother introduced me to it, and I'm, I still go to this day. It's, it's a we've had this discussion before, but <laughs> I love that program, and um, I've been s- totally sober since July 2012. So, um, but the period getting into real estate from 2009 2012, I was super broke, and because I couldn't manage my money, I wasn't making enough money. My way of dealing with it was to take prescription painkiller, prescription painkillers, yeah. which weren't prescribed to me per se. <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't. But yeah. um, that's just how I dealt with it. It's not a good way of dealing with it. No, but I was, it's not. I was so fearful. You probably don't remember this. I lost twenty pounds. I'm about 180 pounds now. I was 155 pounds then. You were a little skinny then. Oh, I didn't yeah. know why though. That's I didn't why. know why. It was stress. Some other people just freaking thrive on that they're like cool i'm i'm I'm, have all this hardship it's gonna make me work harder it did to a certain extent but i also cowered in fear a lot i just not proud of it but i did no it is afraid that that kind of coping mechanism i did the same thing it it is it is a fear right it's um i I hesitate to use the word coward but it is a little cowardly right where instead of turning and facing your problems you just kind of it's kind of like a pothole yeah. Fill it with a little bit of just instead of dealing with it, you just kind of well, this moves yeah. it over and it does it solve did. the problem. That's all it did. I wasn't getting blown out, but it was like yeah. And I kept working. Just I, take the edge off. I'd take the edge off, and yep. I was working. I was everything I just mentioned. I was an agent, and I was never like a top producer, but I was doing like a million dollars a year of like sales volume, making like thirty grand. 
Which in Which, Michigan is a that's a lot of fucking houses too, by the way. You know what the hilarious thing is? I'm gonna digress again. Yeah, I, go ahead. I was working at Max Brook in 2012-13. I sold like 1.1 million, 1.2, I think I topped out at because I was never I was always doing the, the rental stuff, so it was just kind of a way to make money on the side. Also, because in the beginning, I'll get to this later, but all the money you make from a rental goes back into the business. You don't take it for that's some smart shit right yeah, there. It, yeah, it goes all back in the business, but. So I was selling houses, listing houses, being a buyer's agent. It was enough to get by and pay my bills. And I had my renters living in my house, which thank God for them. But um, uh, so what was I just talking about? Yeah, well, you, you were getting along. You were just, you know, oh, you were yeah. still oh, productive. So, so Max yeah. Brooks, so I get these yeah. letters at the end of the year saying, congratulations, you're in the top 10% of realtors nationally. And That's some like, fucking sad shit. fucking kidding me? I'm yeah. making like... <laughs> I'm a single, <laughs> at that point I was single. I'm like, I'm a single guy. I'm making like $29,000 gross commission. That's, that's, that's before tax or whatever. I mean, um, and I'm in the top 10%. What does it say about our industry? Like, yeah. Nothing good. Nothing good. <laughs> I remember my broker at Remax, Tom, who would be like, he told me this line. I'll, I always say to my wife, cause she gets all frustrated working with our agents who don't aren't reliable. Don't return phone calls take horrible pictures, what you name it, you know, you know now. Oh yeah. And he's like, you just have to be better than bad. Yeah. That's so like, true. <laughs> I've carried that for the rest. I'm like, I just have to be better than bad. Yeah. And I am, I'm better than bad. The bar is low. <laughs> just show up. I, I tell so people low. 80%, so low. you get a B minus just showing up in this business. Yeah. If you just show up when you say you're going to and return phone calls and emails yeah. same day, that's like a B minus right off the bat. Yeah. So while I was taking drugs and you know, getting by, I was, I was very focused and on I've, the one strength I have is I'm, I'm really reliable. I'm consistent. I got the word one time for RDA for showing up every day for 12 months. Yeah. I just, I'm not very, it's one of the things very, I like about I'm you. I'm very uncreative. I like, that's why I like the main thing is the main thing. The main thing I'm, I'm very one. Tra- I just can only focus on one thing at a time. And I'm very, Jesse's the creative mastermind. But during that time I was not, good to my body and I lost a lot of weight. I was very stressed out, but I got through it. I kept going to all the meetings, the Marrakesh law meetings. I was kept coming to RDI. I was coming to RDI. I was meeting people. And if it wasn't for those meetings, I would not, I wouldn't be, again, I would not be here because I was around people that I was like, okay, there's other people that are doing stuff. They're getting stuff done. They're, they're, they're successful. And I just, what alternative do I have? Absolutely. Freaking yeah. die? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I could I remember this is a funny story. I remember during that time, I used to have fantasies about getting like a forty thousand dollar a year job. Like some people fantasize about porn. Like I was fan- <laughs> I just was like just put forty thousand like, on I'd my W meeting and I hear about someone at their desk job making like thirty five thousand dollars at Chrysler. I was like, are they hiring? Uh, I'm like, what do you, and they're like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't qualify. I don't have any of those skills. <laughs> like, but I was like, I can't do any of that. Work. I mean, I was just like fantasizing about it. Like it was like, just, it sounded so good. And, um, so you had a lot of anxiety about the oh money, right? God. Like, yeah, <laughs> just like, you just kind of ate you alive. It's funny. Then, I don't think Jesse knew at the time, but he's going to know now. I yeah. think I've told him. No, he's actually, I've told him since then. I'm like, yeah, yeah a couple of those times I was kind of blowing out a lot of Oxycontin, but, yeah. uh, I never made, I never screwed up too much and I got everything done and I was. Well, it creeps up on you. Yeah. That, I that's got, the problem, yeah, right? Yeah. You keep it managed, but it just, it yeah. just kind of creeps. Yeah. And then like, at least for me. Yeah. And then months pass. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't want to spend the whole time talking about A or you know, now I work through our church or it's a recovery ministry called Sober Recovery. And, um, 
it's one of my favorite things now is working with guys or substance abuse issues. And uh, Chris Moser and I talk about it all the time. Or yeah, it's a very common thing. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. no other names, but just, you know, uh, we're a bunch of sponsees in AA and CR, sober recovery. And um, in fact, Adrian and I, Adrian's in re- my wife's in recovery too. And we're meeting with a guy tomorrow. His mom's crying and wants us to meet with him. And it's kind of what we do now. And it's like, so I actually don't, I'm not ashamed of it at all. I'm no, should you be? I'm actually, no. I used to hate an A and people like, I'm grateful that I'm an alcoholic. And at first I'm like, I'm, I'm not F this, you know, like this sucks. I don't want to be an alcoholic. Like why? Do I? But now I actually am now. Cause it's made me, it's given me a lot more compassion. I'm a lot more less selfish now. And I actually like to help people. Uh, not like I was a dick before, but I just was kind of did my own thing. It's what's, what's in it for me kind of thing. And well, yeah, focusing on yourself is, uh, no, I'm not, I'm yeah. a little more, I like to help people now. And that doesn't come naturally to me. Talking to people doesn't come naturally to me, but I see people struggling out with, they've been through what I've been through and it's like, I can help them, you know? Well, I want to go back to yeah. something you said, at least it hit home with me. Cause I remember doing it twice in my life distinctly. Yeah. Right. When you said you're 29 or 30 and you're sitting down and you go, I am a fucking loser. <laughs> And I'm going nowhere in life, right? That for me, there was two times that happened. Yeah. Once before I got, I, jo- I got out of the Navy and got into college. And then the second time I lost everything. And I realized yeah. I not only murdered my money, yeah. but I murdered my friends and family's money. And yeah. it was going to take a long time. And I remember laying on the couch and I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> I'm a fucking loser. Like I'm going nowhere. Like, oh, you know, I just yeah. distinctly remember that, that feeling. And it's one of those. I feel like when you feel that, you have a choice. Yeah. And I remember distinctly feeling, and I still remember to this day what it felt like. So, what was the realization, and how did you how did you take action when you realized it? Just walk me through as best as you remember on that. Because I know people are listening right now, and you know what happens all the time. You yeah. meet with the people; they go, "I've done X, Y, and Z, so I can't do anything else." Right? Yeah. Or I'm always going to be this way. Or it's always going to be like this. And instead of taking an honest look, I am a loser. Because yeah. the evidence says I'm a loser. But that's who I was, not who I have to be, right? Yeah. How did you walk yourself through that process? I don't remember, actually. I mean, you I remember I, I... Gosh, I mean, probably comes with my upbringing. Like, I don't... My dad's always been a hard worker and was like you don't make excuses for yourself. You get up and go to work. And I just knew that, um, by taking action, by just getting out of the house and doing stuff, make me feel better. Do stuff. People. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like got to AA and I started working the steps, got a sponsor and like, it just brought, I'm, I don't know if you know me, I'm not very social. I don't like to talk that much, but it brought me out of my shell and I saw other people actually the same thing as real estate. I saw other people that were sober and happy. And I was like, I want what they have. What are the, what are they, how do they get there? And I, they gave me the formula with, and I just did it and it worked. Same thing with real estate. Like yeah, it does. go to an yeah. RDI meeting. There's no freaking mystery why people are successful. Hmm. The same thing with Keller Williams. When I listen to the podcast with Joe and Tommy and like, they lay it out, like do these things and, but you have to do them and you'll be successful too. It's not, it's not rocket science. I don't yeah. know if I answered your question, but no, it does. Yeah. If you're, if you're listening at home, Maybe maybe you've had this moment or maybe you're about to have this moment or maybe you're going to have it in the future and you realize that you're a fucking loser (laughs) 
hey, you're in good company, man. There's lots of fucking losers in this world who've turned shit around, but there's more losers who just stayed losers, right? That's why I like to focus on these things. Go do something. Just get out there and start doing something. Find somebody who you want to be or somebody who's doing what you want to do and just fucking copy them. Start doing some shit. Get out there. Um, and that's why I wanted to focus on it because yeah. I, I think people, and I, I'm susceptible to it too. You, yeah. you think your past is who you are now and is your future. Yeah. And these things happen. They can't unhappen. Yeah. But there's no reason they have to happen in the future. No, like so. I said, I'm not ashamed of it all. And actually, yeah. I like... I talk about it freely with anyone. Like it's, I love that you do too. It's amazing when I, when you talk to people and they, when you talk to them, like from a, not from a condescending, like, or like a lecturing, like we just say, you relate to people and go, yeah, I'm an alcoholic too. And I'm got, you know, here's what I did. And they like open up like crazy. Like it's, it's happened to RDI meetings. It's yeah. happened like, it's happened everywhere. Freaking just everywhere happens. My wife's a lot more social. It happens to her about two, three times a day. I'm dead serious. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Total strangers. She's, she's your polar opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Total strangers will come up to her and tell her their whole life story. Uh, she's yeah. an extrovert. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. a particularly good looking one yeah. too. So that yeah, doesn't yeah. hurt too. Yeah. <laughs> and smart. So yeah, she got, yeah. she got a winning combo there. Uh, but during, during that 2010 to 12 period, I literally, I got to give a lot of credit to Jesse. Um, and our partnership sort of evolved because, you know, Jesse's good at everything. He's a little freaking wizard. He never, all these problems I just talked about, he didn't have. No. Yeah. <laughs> he is, I love the guy, but he, but, uh, he was so good at everything. Our roles kind of naturally, he was good at buying, um, buying and doing the renovation, overseeing that at least with the crews. So naturally, obviously, I've got to add value. I'm not going to be dead weight. I mean, I brought the, the, the investor, which was, we needed that, but I wanted to do more than just that. And, uh, so I just kind of naturally was like, I'll do the tenant stuff. I'll deal with the tenants. And so it just kind of naturally evolved into me. I would market the property, uh, back then put on the MLS, find the tenants, screen the tenants, put them in the house, take the calls, collect the, do the rent collection, just be the face of the company. Like to this day, most of our tenants have no idea who Jesse is. They don't know what he looks like. They don't know. They don't even know his name. They yeah, you had somebody to be um, you had somebody to be accountable to, didn't you? Yes, that helps a yes. lot. That's why that's that's yeah. one of the reasons why I joined the DLA group. Yeah, like I'm good for like a good four or five hours of hard work yeah. a day, and then after that, it's like bird butterfly. Like, oh wait, yeah. no, focus. Sometimes you just need that accountability in your life, yeah. man. I remember at one point, I remember Jesse started like he was like flipping houses, doing all this crap, and I was like, if I can just do like twenty percent of what he's doing. I'll be good. <laughs> I, <was laughs> I could like, just do 20%. And actually, that's almost true to this day where I'm like, a guy like Josh Sterling or Jesse, it's like, if I, because I don't have that kind of ambition. Yeah, God, I was going to talk about that. I love too. them. But uh, I was like, if I can just do, just take the table scraps of them, that's good enough <laughs> the for table me. Scraps. <laughs> that's good enough for me. Just the stuff they leave on Even their table scraps is a freaking lot of food. So I was yeah. like, <laughs> well, because we're all different too. And I love yeah. that you talk about it. everybody. So you always hear about the people wanting to do. These huge, enormous things, which yeah. is exciting. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but there's no reason you have to do huge things. Just what yeah. do you want to do? Yeah. Some people love their job. Yeah. And that's all they want to do. And they should just buy one rental house a year for 10 or 15 yeah. years. And that's all they should do. Yeah. Period end report. Your retirement is taken care job. of. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> that Chrysler job still open? <laughs> fantasy. Fantasy. I love it. No, I, I will say the it. agent thing was has been awesome you know when i became an agent 
I really believe in having like a, being in like complimentary business, whether you're an appraiser or a lender or you got a finance degree, you can have some kind of where it's applicable to real estate. It doesn't have to be, but for me, it really, I'd access the MLS back then. Everything we bought everything on the MLS. It's a little different yeah. now, but finance, um, man, that financial. Bad. So I understood real estate and I took all the trainings. I mean, I guess to answer your question, how did I deal with it? I just stayed busy. Like back then there was like a short sale training every three days. And I just went to it. Cause if I had anything to do with a client, I was in a training all day, just learning, taking kept yourself notes, busy, just learning. And that's, that's it. You know, so no, I love that's it. How I got through it. Yeah. That was yeah, a hard was time brutal, too. Was horrible. Yeah. It's no fun. I will tell you though, I know we got to move forward here, but um, no, we don't. Oh, we don't? Okay. Yeah. We, <laughs> welcome to the digression podcast. You know what, you know what I talk about that back in 2009 when I bought those windows and all of a sudden I was broke again because it cost like $6,500. I don't know, maybe 50, whatever. And I just didn't know how to balance my, I didn't have a budget. I didn't understand that stuff. I didn't grow up with that kind of, my dad has always made a ton of money, but it, it's the rich dad, poor dad thing where he, they buy liabilities. It goes out, the, blows out the expense column and, None of it goes in the asset column. And uh, so that's sort of, I had to like unlearn all that. And the beginning of that was that Jim Cramer book. But in 2011, out of necessity, I was like, I need a freaking budget. And at first I did it on paper. And I was like, I added up my house costs, my car, my, um, all my expenses. And realized how much I needed per month. Cut out everything. Didn't eat out. Didn't do anything. I mean, I just didn't do anything because I couldn't afford it. You know, and. Um, there's a magic word take that advice, but they're not going to, but um. yeah, I couldn't afford it. So I didn't, <laughs> what are you from communist Cuba? It's bad for the economy, Mike. But, uh, no, I didn't do any, I mean, and I made a budget and I switched to Excel probably in 2012. And to this day I, I track our expenses and I, I've been using QuickBooks since 2008 or something. So at the end of, I kind of, at the end of the year, I always just, those become my new numbers. I do a run a report on my profit and loss, take the, just cut and paste the, what I spend on groceries, that's the number divided by 12. That's what goes in that cost. It's not fancy. No, it doesn't have to be. It's very it's effective, right? Brad, Brad Tasha would be very, it's a very un, unattractive <laughs> spreadsheet. <but> His spreadsheet's <laughs> pretty fucking badass. Very Go listen crude. to that podcast, folks. Brad, he, uh, <laughs> that man. Very crude, yeah. but they, it works. And I know what yeah. I need to bring in to survive. And back then it was out of necessity. Like, and I, if that wouldn't have happened to me, I never would have done that. And actually the best discipline I have now, that's why probably now I could afford to get a brand new car, but I'm not going to, you know, just yeah. cause my car is fine. And, um, I could probably get a loan and get a bigger house, but cause that's what my dad always did was I make more money. I spend more money, you know, that whole thing and living below your means is back then it was just, I couldn't live in equal lower than my means. My means were so low. It's like snail <laughs> but shit. But I at least low, lived yeah. at my means and like, and then, you know, it also taught me to shift around. I had five, I got every six months I get a new credit card, shift the balance to the 0%. In those two years I paid like total of like a hundred dollars in interest. Cause I just, I'm so cheap. I refuse to pay interest on credit. I cards. prefer frugal, sir. Frugal. Yeah. Yeah. Frugal. yeah. Cause you're but not I, cheap. You buy a nice house. You have a nice car. You just yeah. don't spend money on shit. That you know? car though, man, I thought I need to be like a hotshot realtor to have a new Lincoln. This is in 2009. So I, at least for my brother, 2008 Lincoln, the payment was 420 a month. I had no business getting that car. Yeah. That car for two years cost me more than my house did. 
I spent more on that car between the payment and insurance. I like that it still bothers you. <laughs> <laughs> You're it still upset. Because it was my, like, my, yeah. I'm glad that was my big mistake. You took that personally. You're like, shit. But, you know, again, that taught me in the beginning of 2011, I ended up buying the car because I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't qualify for anything. So I was forced to buy it. And Ford was charging me like 9% interest. I was like, screw this. So I paid off all my credit cards. My score jumped up. And then in June of that year, I refinanced through Credit Union One in Ferndale and got like a two point like nine nine. Back then, that was a really good rate, or two point seven five, whatever. And I was like, got my pay- payment way down. And I remember that just that whole time, I was like, wow, this is this is what you got to do. And I remember it just taught me so much because it taught me about survival. Yeah, because I never money to me. I was just in the Sean Friends podcast where like I grew up like I wasn't a big kid who like went out and wanted new clothes all the time. And I wasn't, I didn't, I mean, look at me. I never, uh, wore, I never wanted really anything, but I never had to worry about money ever. Like ever. My day, we belonged to country clubs and cottage up North. And I never thought about it. It was always provided. I never thought about money once until I was freaking so, so broke. That <laughs> you had it taught to me figure survival it out. skills that yeah. I just kind of learned about shifting you know, the whole credit card shifting around and, just carrying balances, but just never, you know, just, just kind of playing whack-a-mole and dude, this is good shit for people to listen yeah. to and that car. You know, it's paid off now. So, yeah. and but you know what it did though, now that I actually have money, not that I have a lot, but I've some money and I am not going to go out and over lever, you know, buy a bunch of stupid crap anymore now. Yeah. And I, and if I wouldn't have gone through that, I probably would have. Absolutely. You repeat the behavior yeah, until exactly. you learn from it. Unfortunately, so or fortunately, those years taught me financial discipline, which I do to this day. So, yeah. Well, I remember very clearly laying on my couch, wallowing in my misery. <laughs> Literally, I did that too. Wallowing. I'm talking. You know, people are like, oh, Jeremy, you said no. I'm talking. I was wallowing, bathing in it. Yeah. You know, all that. Um. So if you're stuck in that spot, um. There are lots of ways out, but just start by doing something. Just get up and start doing something. And then I just think you have to accept reality too. Yeah. Read a personal finance book. Man. I watched Susie Orman every Saturday. Drove my wife nuts because <laughs> it was like Susie hour. Like, I love, Thank you, so Susie. I don't agree with everything she says, but a lot of it. Yeah. Most Americans should follow the Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman. They should follow their advice. Dude, if you're in college, sign up for a business financial class, even if you drop out. If you're not in college and you want to take it, I highly recommend the uh, CCIM 101 financials, and that's a uh, commercial course. Don't don't be – go to CCIM.com. It's 101. It's the financials, and don't be intimidated. You can absolutely do this, and you can do it in four days, or you can go to college and do it. But like Mike said, that – or go get the book he suggested or – just learn these things. They should be teaching yeah. this shit in like sixth, oh, seventh yeah. grade. It was a huge resentment of mine. Oh man, I didn't learn anything. Yeah, none of school. it. Yeah, once you do that, you're, you're. I'm not saying you're going to be okay, but at least now you have a blueprint. Yeah, and you understand what's happening around you, and it doesn't. I learned seem- to read, and the University of Michigan or college kind of gave me a love for reading books, but that's pretty much it. Like I just don't. I don't get a whole discussion on the universities and colleges. Yeah, but like no. I just. It, for the real world and business and life didn't teach me anything, anything that was useful, worthwhile. Dude, you got to give me your best band story. <laughs> Dude, and then we'll move on to the landlording thing, but I'm not letting you move on. Cause I just love the fact that you toured 
with Ted and you and you're going around your band and also you knew um Seth who was on the podcast who was my property yeah, scout yeah. yeah he's doing cool stuff. that was cool yeah I dude he's taking actually, off I love people that are actually making money and or surviving in music dude Seth's a bad too. motherfucker man I know it's sweet yeah yeah I like his dude, band though They're I was bad. really worried about him too man he's wide as sour cream kind of a little chubby and soft at the time right from the <laughs> suburbs and I I still this day I'm like I don't know how he survived the try we were sending him to the fucking hood. To yeah. look at properties, and every day he came back alive. I'm like, oh shit, man, that's. I'm glad he doesn't talk super fast too. Yeah, telling <laughs> Jeremy, I didn't realize I pushed 1.5 on my speed in my iPod. That's funny. I thought Jeremy and Seth were doing lines before the podcast. Maybe we were, maybe we weren't. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time. So yeah, give me give me your best uh, band story, a cool band story, or something like that. And your band was uh, Colic, right? Colic was the band that I was in for 2002, 2006. The okay. Detroit band. Um, any hits that people would know? No, no number one. Search for us on iTunes, Spotify, Spotify. I still get royalty checks. Yeah, I make like ten bucks every three years. Help, help them out. Let's make it twenty bucks this year. <laughs> send me, <laughs> the, send me the link. I'll put it in the I show notes too. I tried to. It was a good band, but yeah. Um, the music industry, Seth was talking about it towards two thousand five, six. Yeah, with the, the whole digital, all that, whatever was going on. The, the whole thing has changed now. I don't, I don't understand it anymore. Um. I don't know. We did a lot of huge venues. Like we did I'm trying to think of the best. I don't know. Nothing cool happened. Playing in front of thousands of people was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. didn't bang to, two chicks at once or anything like that. No, no nothing. You don't want to bang chicks at Ted Nugent concerts. Maybe you if you're like 1977, you would. <laughs> Are they all old? Most <laughs> middle aged. Ted Nugent concert now, you're probably banging a. 50 year old dude in a camo outfit. I mean, yeah, I might skip not. that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hard up, but not nah, that hard, not I don't gonna, think. Yeah, yeah. It's, I wouldn't, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like it was some tons of groupies. You got with the wrong group. Where are all the hot time chicks? Period. If I was like 1978, not 2008, that would have been sweet. But, but laying some pipe but, then, but yeah, but yeah. not now. Now it was mostly like, because we'd sell CDs after the show and it'd just be like, like uh, Larry the Cable Guy kind of guy is going like, yeah, you were pretty sweet. And just kind of like, you know. Good, give me your money. Like, yeah, just, it wasn't a, I don't know. I saw Ted Nugent in a robe. A robe that says Don Nuge on the back. <laughs> and he almost sat down. I almost saw his little, his ball sack. Which was pretty, uh, <laughs> He's just walking around so in a robe. Like, my- <laughs> there you go. Claim the fame. Almost saw Ted Nugent's nutsack. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Ted why not just line up the whole shebang, man? It's a little higher. Yeah, you got to tie that rope tighter. It's kind of a little too freewheeling. <laughs> Send him a note. Just, just a little tighter, man. So, no, all right, man. No, no it. band story. We'll, we'll move on from the band. Well, I will story. say, when I was traveling, it's not exciting, but I saw the entire country, which is sweet. Actually, I'm not a huge live performer. I was a bass player, so I just kind of stood in the back and didn't move. But seeing the whole country, I'd actually just walk around the towns all during the day like San Francisco and LA. And it was, that was awesome. Yeah. If you haven't get out and see the country folks, it's beautiful. I paid to see the country. That was yeah, pretty cool. That is cool. So. Give you lots of new experiences. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast though, is you and Jesse, okay, and you handle more of this side than Jesse does. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what, if you got to the, the podcast I did with, um, Benson, but, um, no, you've I'm kind still of catching up. Yeah, you're still catching up. You you guys have kind of figured out the landlording thing. You got you like I think so, and it's fraught. That's fraught 
with hazards. I've been on the other side too, especially running in Detroit yeah. when I was a landlord before yeah. I lost everything. There's a lot of do's and don'ts and you guys have kind of figured out a system too. Yeah. So here, I'll it's pass good. this over to you in case you need it. Yeah. It's kind of like, it goes back to my quote. The main thing Boom. was to keep the main thing, the main thing to me, my main thing, my one thing, Gary Keller, if you will, is tenant screening and property management. I mean, you know, I'm Jesse can I talked about this, but, to me, there's I learned from Dennis, Dennis, and then Mike Butler, land learning on autopilot. I'll tell you all this the books later, but um, you got three things you got to get right. You got to buy in the right area. If you don't buy in the right area, nothing else matters. You can buy just a sweet house and screen the hell out of the tenants in the middle of Detroit and some turd area, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. So you got to buy the right house, and then you, or I'm sorry, be in the right area, and then number two, you got to buy the right house, and there's different strategies for us. It's a three bedroom, one half to two bath brick ranch or bungalow. I, I don't even do bungalow anymore. Ranch or bungalow, at least a thousand plus square feet. Why? What the difference between rent? I mean, do the ranches just do better? Because people are fat and lazy and don't like to go upstairs. That's, so yeah, that's true. I, I, yeah. I wish I could have a little more politically correct. No, for it, but that's no. pretty much. Hey, I have the problem with my wife. She doesn't even like going in the basement. I saw a 38 year old man one time just, almost have a heart attack trying to go up some bung like 10, 10 steps on a bungalow. That's some embarrassing shit. And he just was like, <sighs> and I was like, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy ranches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my tenants dying, locking up the stairs. And there's some legitimate, and there's some, a lot of older people who want one floor. And yeah, they're just, they're a lot more, they're more efficient. Um, but, but bungalows are, I would still buy a bungalow. Okay. It's different in Royal Oak or Ferndale when you got a different demographic, but, um, but anyways, you got to buy the right house. That's, I said, brick, three bedroom, basement, one, one to two bath, basement for sure. Yeah. Garage for sure. Um, that basement thing's a Midwest thing too. So if you're in California or whatever, it, it's just not necessarily going to apply to your market. So. Yeah. And I learned from other from Dennis, but the basement, the garage is people have a ton of crap. They do they need to put their crap somewhere. If you don't have a basement or a garage, they're not going to stay there very long. It's going to be, they'll stay for eight months and move on to a bigger house. I mean, we've had, I can't even tell you how people we've had move from like, there's a lot of cr- crawls and slabs in North Redford. Probably, I don't know the percentages, but a ton of our tenants have come from there and moved into our place because we have a bigger house, basement, garage. And um, so, right area, the right house, and, um, you know, like a two bedroom on a crawl, you'll still be able to rent it. It's going to rent for less, and it's going to be a lot harder to rent. And the people aren't going to stay as long because, People want space. They want to the second something they can move somewhere else. They're going to move to a bigger house. So you're trying to your goal is but, to try and appeal to as many good people as possible. Yeah, and there's a point where the house to might be too long. big. Too yeah. Yeah, this is like that perfect that sweet spot where the the rent to sale price ratio is good. And I mean, you can buy super huge colonials, but that there's diminishing returns at that point. I don't. I just there's that perfect house. It's been in style since forever since the fifties, and. um John Schwab, the buying one, building wealth one house at a time. I think we learned that. I think Dennis learned that from him, and we learned that. I read that book, and it's that starter home. It's that eleven hundred square foot brick ranch or bungalow. So anyway, so you get those things right, and then you got to screen the hell out of your potential tenants. How do you do that, sir? So, go, which back, by the way, hold yeah. on. So you you know all the. Make sure you don't get yourself in trouble yeah, now. Yeah, because yeah, so folks, they have all these stupid fucking rules. 
Uh, I swear to God, the federal government's trying to get you to uh, rent houses to fucking losers who are going to tear it up. And they're trying to make it everything that it's not. Racist, sexist, ableist, all this shit. Um, when really people are just trying to protect their house. So I'm just getting, I'm just warning yeah. him because he's being recorded. Uh, try not to run afoul of all these fucking retards yeah. who, who, who think that, uh, you should lose money because somebody can't make good life decisions. So yeah. regardless of sex, color and every other damn thing in this world. So I got to back up on the, so we started buying all these houses and I'm like, Jesse's aggressive. We have extremely a ton of money that we can buy houses with. We got a budget of $40,000 and back then that could buy the house and renovate it for that amount of money. And, but if you buy a house, you don't make any money until you get a tenant in there and they start paying rent. So, so it fell on me to find the tenants. So I was doing it in the beginning from, you know, August, 2011 through, through March. I had this run of like, I screened, you know, I looked at their income, their credit, didn't have a really good system. It was kind of haphazard. And um, I think I got lucky with a lot of people. Um, but then around March 2012, there's a house in Oak Park that I bought for 27500 by the way. It was a great deal. Imagine that in Oak Park now. But, yeah. But um, I got this chick that... It's hilarious. If I, I mean, looking back on it, I made every single freaking mistake you could ever make. She she had an agent, quote unquote agent, you know, whatever that didn't know anything about her, um, and she was like missing half her papers. She kept pushing the move in date back because she didn't have the money to move in. Well, right there, that's like <laughs> that's I, should have, a- I should have cut it off right there, but I was too stupid. And I was like, yeah. kind of getting, I don't say arrogance, too strong of a word, but I was kind of like, oh yeah, just buy a house, I'll fill it, you know. I'm badass, you know, and um, so she shows up after we finally like reschedule, reschedule this move-in date. She shows up. She's kind of crazy. She's pointing out every single thing wrong in the house and how like if we're going to take care of this and that, red, number two, red flag, and um, just dumb stuff like like there's a little nick on the wall. Like is that going to get blah, blah, blah taken care of? So she, so I ignore all the warning signs and she moves in and her, at that point we, we switched to, a um, we've automatic rent, which we switched. I'll go back up real quick. We, we, the one reason why we're successful is we pretty quickly got, did away with the post office. That the checks crap, in the mail. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, we quickly learned from that. We got it. We started with e-rent payment, which is an online service. I think they're still. They're still in existence. We use them for about a year and they're good. They're a good company, I think, still. But, um, so, and that was working pretty well. Everyone was on, it just came right out of their checking account. And, um, um, so her first, she pays her, you know, month and a half security deposit, first month's rent. Half that goes either agent or commission. And, um, her first full month's rent, probably May of that year, bounced. Like, come Boom, back, right off the bat. Funds. Yeah. So I'm like, calling her i'm like hey what's you know i was so freaking naive back then too i believed everyone's lies i believed all their excuses or at least i turned a blind eye to it i don't you know i don't know because i was not too stupid yeah i just i wanted to believe the best in people and blah 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 you know like and um so her check bounces can't get a hold of her like just so finally i'm like almost had my first of ev- moving towards my first eviction i'm like freaking out 
because this chick's not paying rent, but we don't stop paying our lender. <laughs> like, yeah, like the gotta, bills still pile up, right? We still got to pay, or I, yeah. yeah, we still got to pay. So, so finally, she responds saying, "Oh, my phone died. My phone got shut off," which I've heard probably a thousand times since then. That's you know, you know, and so I, you know, she just kept ignoring me and stonewalling me. And finally, I got a call from an attorney. I'm never forget this this day. It was like end of May or June 2011 or 2012, and uh, this dude's like. This guy in Pleasant Ridge is like, man, I know how you feel. I I owned a lot of rental properties too, but here's what I got to tell you: like your your tenants filing chapter uh, thirteen for the reorganization where you can make payments, not seven, but yeah, I think thirteen is the one you can seven business, yeah, thirteen filing chapter thirteen, and I'm like, what what does that mean? He's like, you'll get paid eventually. <laughs> Great. And, and meanwhile, you can't kick her out. You can't like you can, we can't we don't have anything on our lease saying like if you if you declare bankruptcy, you're you know, you're it makes your contract null and void your lease and you can kick them out. So she just lived there for free and eventually the checks started coming into the, our my attorney at the time who had to pay a bunch of money to represent me. Couldn't evict her. She lived there for two years. I had to go to this guy office and pick up the checks from the bankruptcy trustee. And the funny thing about these tenants, the ones that are the worst freaking tenants that don't pay when there's a, when they have a problem, they will blow your phone up. It's a, it's a weird paradox. Like, you Oh think, yeah. You think they'd want to like lay low, fly under the radar, but the tenants that don't pay that pay late are the biggest, are your biggest pain in the ass tenants. They call about everything. This one time she called in the middle of July or August. I'd, I had never, I hadn't gotten any money from her. She was costing me a ton of money. She called cause she couldn't open the, open up the breaker panel. She was swearing at me saying this, you know, she could have, uh, this should have been fixed before she got there. Yeah. Feel free to move out, bitch. <laughs> I know. And I was like, you're telling me, I'm like, you're living in my house for free and you're a complete, she's like, just the, I learned a long time ago to stop reasoning with people yeah. like that. So it was a waste of time. But so, <laughs> she's like, mother effort, you're like, you know, like, you know, blah, blah. Um, knows everything you should do. Can't do anything right. <laughs> so finally she's like, she's like, she, I'm like, just pull it really hard. And she pulled it and she's like, Oh, it opened. I'm like, Oh, so I got you a phone. Are you going to be, your attorney said you're paying. She's like, okay, got to go. Bye. And she hung up. <laughs> <laughs> you tried. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I'm really long winded actually. So no anyway, good. So, so perfect so, for the podcast. So this, this tenant, I am grateful forevermore for this tenant because it taught me taught me everything I'm about to talk about that taught me how to screen because she this chick from 2012 to 14 when I was finally able to get her out cost me 20 grand maybe maybe 25 grand I don't even know between attorney's fees lost rent re-renting fees re-renovating all the doing all the damage that fixing all the damage she caused she used to her car we had a brand new garage door which is like $900 those five panel doors whatever she just decided she wanted to back her car. I think she wanted to test how far she could go. So she just smashed into the back of the door every day when she pulled the car in the driveway. <laughs> Why am I not up. surprised? <laughs> like at first I was like, no, no, like, no, that it makes... didn't, it didn't benefit her at all. She just felt like, you know, that's, that was her, like, you know, people put tennis balls so they can like tell where they are in the garage. They'll stop. That was her, the garage crunching and smashing was her cue to stop backing up, I guess, man. So stuff like that. And, so, I mean, I was freaking out that summer. I was like, I need to sell. I can never buy an Oak Park again. Thank God Jesse was like, 
good thing about having a good partner. He yeah. was able to be like, no, don't do that. Calm down. This too shall pass. Like, you know, let's just, you know, I was in the middle getting a, my best house today. I was in the middle of buying it, a short sale in Oak Park for 30 grand, which that house is worth 120 now. I wanted to like get out of that deal because I thought it was Oak Park. I was just being really emotional and irrational. And, um, I don't think I would have actually done it, but Jesse was luckily was, we could bounce ideas off each other. <laughs> He's like, don't do that. Just we'll get through it. And we did. So ever since then, I was like, all right, I need to tighten up my screening screening. So anyway, that brings me to my. Yeah. So you're screening. She lived in a house for two fucking years for free, essentially. Well, she was paying sort of she paid rent, but it never actually got caught up. So it would go through. She would have to pay the trustee. Hold on. Hold on. I got to take this call. Sorry, folks. This is a seller. All right, we're back, folks. Sorry about that. I had to take that uh, call from that for that seller. So here we are. Two years later, it goes by. You don't get that much. How much money did you get from her at all from the bankruptcy court? I don't even remember. I mean, it was, nothing. Pennies. No, I mean, we got. No, we got. It just was sporadic. I'd have to go back and look at the QuickBooks file. Man, it just. It was a horrible experience. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It sounds like a trial by fire too, yeah. right? Landlording yeah. trial by fire. Yeah. I learned a lot, but but um. I love what you're saying too. Sorry to interrupt, but you're saying you thank thank her so much because I feel the same way about my ex partner. Even though he totally butt fucked me from one <laughs> end of the street to the other until I was begging for mercy. Yeah. Now I look back at it, and by the way, it's another way to look at bad things that happen in your life. It was an amazing learning opportunity of what not to do. Right. Yeah. So I love when you said that. You're like, I, I'm so happy, no, thankful I'm it happened. Anymore. I'm not angry anymore. Her, I. It, Totally helped me. You got a world class education and uh, landlord. Luckily, right it, was one, it was one of my houses. So I've had all the bad tenants, actually. Jesse's That's not one of Jesse's houses. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd rather have it be more of my houses than his yeah. houses because I don't want to. I feel like I can deal with it on my own, but if it's someone else's money or their livelihood, that would bother me. I can deal with it on my own. But. Yeah, that does <laughs> suck. So, would you, you're new. You, so, your application. Yeah. Let, let's go through that. Let's go through. So we started using in August 2011. I switched to Max Brook in, in Birmingham because so I was able to negotiate with my broker to give me 100% of my lease commissions. So I was able to pay that back to the company. So it really only cost us the half month's commission to the other agent. So it saved us money there. Um, but we were using agents and I was putting on the MLS and um, it worked. I don't know. We thought it worked a lot better than it did, but you know the better than bad thing. There was just a lot of agents that, especially with leases, there's, it's not a huge payoff. So they just, they want to do as little work as possible. Most agents aren't very bright. So, um, say it ain't so Mike. (laughs) (laughs) So we'd have like our, you know, you click on real comp and there would be like on the listing and they're like the documents and there's our application. We're like, we don't, you know, we got to fill out art. We don't want, I can't tell you how many times I got other people's applications and people like realtors actually send me leases. And I'm like, I don't want your freaking, we have our own lease. Don't, don't do that. Like, don't, don't dictate to me what like your terms are. Like you, you need us. We don't need you. Like um, <laughs> yeah, you the other advice, I have good houses that you get multiple people wanting. Them Absolutely. Cause, cause you, you guys rehab them yeah. nice and you take, yeah. you take good care of your I don't houses. Know, you, I don't know if you can do this everywhere. If you got, a, if you're a slumlord and you got a piece of crap house, you it's probably got to take what yeah. you can get and you're yeah. going to make less money. But anyway, um, so they were, we did the system and they did the like paper, they had to print it off, fill it out there, fill out the application. The application is pretty much the same, but, um, and it worked, but to make a long story short, um, 
the last couple years, I don't remember, maybe it was a year, year or two, Jesse designed like a real simple website. And um, now, and actually since then, we've cut out ages completely. I shouldn't say that. If it, we just do Zillow. It used to be Postlets. What is it now? Zillow Rental Manager? Yeah, kind of like Merge. I think Postlets Whatever, still works. works really but, well. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I should have done this a lot sooner. But um, I just was an agent, so I was like, oh, I'll put it on the MLS. And I was kind of under the f- illusion, call, maybe you can call it that, that it, realtors had better people. Yeah. Which You've since figured it out. Yeah, Not really. Since they don't, that's really... They only go to the agent because they can't go to you directly because they need the agent to show them the house. So we actually developed what we didn't develop. Um, Mike Butler talks in his book, talks about a key sign-out system, which we use. We actually, they've got to go on our website, fill out a pre-application checklist and an application. No, I'm sorry. The pre-app checklist, and they're able to sign out a key at a real estate office, a guy that Jesse knows. So they go sign out a key, give copy of their license, give $20 deposit. They're able to go look at the house themselves. So they show the houses themselves. Yeah, really. they look at themselves, and it's worked great. Fuck yeah! Could you do this in Detroit? Probably. No, no. <laughs> well, two hundred dollars. Probably not. Yeah. And if we were a bigger operation, we'd have to have multiple locations, and it'd be it works for our scale. I mean, it would you'd have to have you'd have to tweak some things if you. I like they show the house themselves. Yeah, like, yeah. I tell you what, man. It. I used to. It's not that bad now. I used to get like my phone would just be blowing up people like just emailing like crazy. And um, now I have a cut and paste response. I said, go to the website and I just cut and paste every time coming from Trulia, Zillow, hot pads, whatever. And it's like the link, they click on the link, they fill out the form I'm about to talk about and then they show it themselves. And what I learned is, um, I like to think I'm really awesome, but a lot of it is the systems we have in place screens bad people out before they even get to me, before I even, before I even know about them. Um, so the first thing we have is this, it's called a pre-application checklist. And they go through and it says, this weeds out a lot of people right here. Section 8, we do not accept Section 8. <laughs> <laughs> they are not Boom. a protected class. Yeah, they, they, you can. I'm not going to get in. I don't have a personal experience with Section 8. I have neighbors that have Section 8. And... I don't want to say too much about it. I just man, we, I, fuck Section Eight. Yeah, yeah, that's my. I, I find that people that are home all day with God, I really got to use my words carefully. I'll say it because I don't okay. do any of it. No. So when you have nothing to do all day, okay. that's a bad thing. If you're a landlord, yeah. you don't want your tenant to have nothing to do all day. You want your tenant to have a fucking job. <laughs> Regardless of race, sex, sexuality, you want somebody to have a fucking job and a fucking life and things to do. And if they don't, let me tell you, I have personal experience with this. Now that I own no rental properties, nor do I have any plan to in the near future, it fucking sucks. And you know what? It's even worse. Even for the, there are good section eight tenants. There are, I had plenty of them about half and the other half sucked. The other half were good, but then the government fucks up your money every month. So, so there's, yeah. it's not all about the tenant. They fucking slow pay you or they screw up the paperwork. You don't get paid and they're never accountable. It's, it's exhausting as a landlord. Yeah. And when you're only making eight, nine percent, sometimes 10%, any extra hours spending on the phone trying to get paid is just stupid. Yeah. Just stupid. So in our area, we just, with our houses, we don't have to, we don't need to accept it. So, yeah. and you went the other route. Yeah. Good city, nice houses, right? Yeah. 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 I went to Detroit and stuck to the nice areas, but. Yeah. The people who couldn't afford to flee to Redford ended up in mine, and I paid the price. So, yeah, and that's the thing about Redford too is, um, 
I don't know where I heard this, but I want to be in a place where people want to live, not where they need to live. And I can't tell you, probably 90% of our tenants come from Detroit. They don't necessarily want to leave Detroit. Detroit will make you, man. But they may, yeah, they're yeah. kind of forced out of there for whatever crime. They get, they're get they sick of getting their car broken. It's always crime. You yeah, know, whatever. I can't blame them. I don't blame them. Dude, how I lived, you see how I, I had to put yeah. a fence around it. I had to yeah. get dogs. And anytime I go out of town, I got to pay somebody to sleep there. So You get tired of that. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I, I want to be in a position of leverage where I have leverage. And I want to be in a, an area and have a house where people want to be. Not to have to, out of necessity, be in my house. Because... The second they find something better, they're going to move. And vacancy is the number one killer of profits. As a Thank you. So. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, can we do have a, can we have a quick rant on all everybody who sends oh, yeah, the yeah. yeah? So I haven't seen it lately because I think they've been shamed out of the business. But when they send the when they have some sort of cash flow model and they send it out and they don't put in any vacancy, yeah, <laughs> or they put vacancy at. 5% or some shit like that, right? Oh, by the way, there's no maintenance on a rental house ever. Cash on cash return. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no. Is let's there a vacancy? Let's get on a spreadsheet, yeah, and landlording, sir. Is there even in your great houses? Yeah. Is there vac- yes, yeah. of course there is. Yeah. yeah. Not nearly as much as, as in some other areas, but. Yeah, watch <laughs> it on your Detroit. It happens more in Detroit than the shitty place where they send it out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're. Yeah, no. Don't, yeah. don't fall for it, folks. So then we got, so we have this website where they just got the, before they do anything, they have to check all these boxes so that they read it before they even sign out a key. So they, we just say, before sending you to our online application form, let's make sure we are a good fit. Please read and check each box below to agree with our general terms of business. Then we have rent collection. Rent payments will be electronically processed from tenant's bank account. Tenant will be, so everything is automatic. There's no like, well, can I pay with a money order? Can I bring a wad of cash? Or, no, like no, no, no money no. orders. No, we get their bank account as part of the lease package, and water bills and rent comes out of the bank account. Um, it just it works really well. Fuck now there's yeah. a couple people that don't have bank accounts after the fact because they just can't manage their money, and they're probably getting garnished every five months so they keep closing bank accounts opening new ones or they just stop they just go to the liquor store and get their checks cash yeah got a couple of those and they just bring we have a drop-off point or a real estate office um a local guy and he just like two maybe two three a month maybe two a month out of the 53 drop-off checks so that's fine it's not it's not ideal but it works um utilities tenant pays for all utilities um Water bills will also be electronically processed from, te- from tenants' bank account. And like while they're going through this, some people are like, oh, screw this. I don't, I'm not doing this. Good. Like, bye. You know, like, Good. Just don't, I don't love call that. me. You know, like, don't Good. call me. Yeah. Lawn and snow, eviction history. We don't run to anyone that has an eviction, had an eviction in the last five years. Criminal history. We had to change this. I think we just did because they changed that felon rule. Yeah. Fucking morons. I think we, we rewarded that because. You got to be careful of that now. I'm not, I don't want to. Don't read that one. Legal thing. Yeah, don't, don't read that, that one. Yeah. Sex Sorry, offenders. we have to do this, folks. But yeah. these morons will fucking make <laughs> you do some stupid shit right now. Yeah. So skip that one. Yeah. I read a little bit about it. I understand some of it, but anyway, we, we figured that one out. Sex offenders, smoking, no smoking, pets. Pets are allowed in a case by case basis. If a pet is approved, a three hundred dollar non refundable pet fee plus twenty five dollars a month additional rent will apply. That's saved. Just having these expectations up front where people just. They don't try to, once they see this, they don't try to negotiate. We're like, oh man, like I got a pet, but it's like a member of my family. That's my favorite line. They always say that. It's like, but that's Good. great, but it's not, it's not a human. It's, yeah. it's a dog or a cat and they got to pay. So there's no, 
It's just clear. They see it right away. And if we're being honest, animals, you know, I love them. Yeah, I got a shit ton too. of them. You adopted yeah. Deborah Jane from me. They do add wear and tear to house. God. You should pay for that. I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick about I would it. I never rented someone that had Deborah. Yeah. I love her. But, yeah. And she's a really well. She's an awesome dog. dog. But a pit wear bull that's 65 pounds. I mean, the, yeah. I rented to people with the German Shepherd early on that just tore the crap out of our yard. Yeah. Dug a trench, like, because they just chained him up to the garage. He ran back and forth in the backyard all day, and there was literally like a moat, <laughs> like, <laughs> like an irrigation like ditch, like, a foot deep, like two feet wide. It's still kind of like, it's still, we haven't even filled it in totally yet. It hasn't grown there yet. The grass still starting to grow. This is five years ago or six or four years ago. And then the dog just was like clawing on the wood siding of the garage, ripped all the wood down off the garage. Yeah. German shepherds. And that was, he's a member. He's like a member of our family. Yeah. That's why you keep him chained up next to the garage. <laughs> the yeah, moat. They, they were yeah. there for like four months. That dog tore the crap out of that house. Yeah. But so anyway, yeah, be careful with pets. Um, or if you take them, pay, take make them money. pay. Yeah. Cause, um, and then each adult 18 over must complete an application. There's a $25 application P P fee per adult to cover administrative costs, including background and credit checks. We only collect the fee. Like when it seems like they're actually going to work, that's when I collect the fee. I don't do, I don't know these, some of these property management companies that like make a business out of collecting application fees. I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong. I just don't, I don't collect any money until I'm really pretty certain that they're going to be tenants. That's probably for less headaches too, right? Less headaches. And I just don't, I don't want to take people's money. I don't really, yeah. it's just that it's kind of a morality thing to me. I just don't want to just trying to scare away the people not even want yeah. to spend $25. Yeah, right? Some people, yeah, it's everything we do is to try to deter bad people from even getting close to me like before they even get to me, get me on the phone or email me. Dude, I fucking love it. Where were you six years ago with this? <laughs> <laughs> getting your ass kicked, right? <laughs> yeah. Recommended income level, we do three times the monthly rent, and we do net income, which is crucial, not gross, Like, because everyone talks about how much they make gross. I don't care how much they make gross. I want their net check. Yeah, it's not how much you, you make. It's how much you keep, man. Exactly. In yeah, business, so too, by the way, folks. And I don't. I think I've seen that change more now, but I know a lot of people was always three times gross, and it's like, no, they don't make gross. They make net. That's <laughs> so... So if rent is twelve hundred, you want to netting thirty six hundred. Yeah. yeah, and I have found after probably screening hundreds of tens now, um, it's true. When you, I, I've I tried to I ran to a chick that was at like two point two or two. She was a really good person. She struggled every month, and she was there for a couple of years, and it was a pain in the ass. And luckily, she was a good person. She tried to do the right thing, but eventually, she had to move out in the middle of November. The house sat vacant all that winter. Freaking the furnace and hot water hit, hot water tank got stolen and that's a whole other separate yeah, thing. Fucking but, hate but just, that. Yeah, but just going below that three is never a good idea, unless they have some kind of compensating factor. I mean, they've got like ten grand in the bank or you know some other just something that offsets that. But even that, I wouldn't. It's just not worth it. You want to stay at three, <clears throat> and three is kind of the minimum too. I would go more if you can get more than three is better. So, um, proof of funds. We just, we started doing this a couple of years ago. I think I got it from Drew from Royal Rose. I'm not sure. I don't Drew Saget, Royal Rose I'm Properties. I'm not sure. might have. Thanks, Drew, if it was you. I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, I think it was. We could we make them give us a copy of their recent bank statement. Um, they wipe make... out their account numbers and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, make sure yeah. they have a bank statement, right? Well, that, yeah. Sneaky. That like and um, show that they 
of the moving amount, uh, ready to go, which yeah, is, we're not going to trust so if you. So the rent's a thousand dollars. They need to have 1500 for the security deposit plus another thousand. They need to have 20, they need to have an account that says $2,500 and preferably a little bit more too. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's like, you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't, they have no money. And I, and I, that, that's a way for me just, and if people don't want to supply it, why don't you want to, su- I never had people that are qualified and there are, that live in our houses now, never have a problem giving me a bank statement. It's a perfectly reasonable you, thing to ask. Why would you not want to give it to me? Yeah. I'm not asking for your account number, you know, just cause it, we black it out. I don't care. I'm not, I don't try. I'm not trying to steal your $5. <laughs> you want to move into my asset? I have sixty seven thousand yeah. dollars into you yeah. know, and yeah, I want I want to know who you so are. Again, it's a great screening tool, and also you know the bank statement is a goldmine of information. So if you get a bank statement, it tells you because these people don't have credit cards generally because they've got they can't get them or they've already maxed them out, they've already declared bankruptcy, blah blah blah. So everything's on their whole spending history is on these statements, and you're seeing how they go down to like 30 cents in their bank account, their last trip to McDonald's, they just go to like, <laughs> they've got like 30 cents. Then they get their payroll again on Friday and then they go back down to negative 30 and get an overdraft fee. Generally don't want to get those people. And also most bank statements have a year to date overdraft fees. Someone's got one. Okay, fine. Whatever. Someone has like $400 in overdraft fees. Probably not going to make a good tenant. Yeah. Probably going to be someone that you're going to be chasing and it's going to be, you're going to be, they're going to be moving out at some point. So it's just a gold mine. And you can see people's spending habits. You can see if they're responsible. If they actually carry like more than a thousand dollars at any given time, which is generally a good rule of thumb to have at least a grand in your bank account or like 800 maybe, you know, you know, if they spend every last dime and then wait to get paid again. So you just, we didn't used to do this either. And I know I've got tenants that I've lost and that have struggled that if I just would have done this, would have saved myself a lot of hassle, but. That's good you tip, man. Learn. Absolutely, you right? And then um, proof of income. Last two months pay stubs to your tax returns if we do self-employed, which we rarely have anyone self-employed. Pension and or benefit stubs like, you know, GM pension or Social Security, you know, whatever. We want all the information. Photo identification, high-quality copy of driver's license. Weeds out people who don't have driver's license or they got cut up because of the DUIs or... Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> Whatever, or they're expired. Or like me, a I lost driver's license. I lost my driver's yeah. license because I couldn't afford to pay some yeah. bullshit Royal Oak ticket. Yeah. Right, that fucked yeah. my life up for a couple of years pretty good. You wouldn't want to rent to me then. Yeah. Let me tell you, renter's insurance. Uh, we everyone has to have renter's insurance. Um, then we need a copy of that at lease at the lease signing. And dude, I like that one. So enough money to insure your belongings, basically. Yeah. 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 And again the whole theme of this is if people can't follow these directions, then they're not going to be good tenants and just move on. There's enough. If you got the supply and you've the demands there, you don't need to take people that can't follow these directions. And if anyone bitches about any of this stuff, they're going to bitch when they would get in your house. And if they're a dick when they, in the beginning of the process, they're going to be a much larger dick as they go along in your house and (laughs) when they're living there. So, you know, our, our, my model, like when I, it's on my, if people are combative, they're hostile, they're aggressive, they're agitated, gone. Gone. Done. Yep. I didn't used to do that. I used to have this attitude, this like, oh, well, they're not like me, but 
you know. Yeah, you're making excuses. Yeah, I'm trying to make excuses for it. Yeah, them, we don't. The, I or I hate the naive, um, just, the bigotry of lower expectations. Yeah. I hate that shit. Right? We all need to be held to a certain. Every standard. time I've run into someone that's a jerk, it's never worked out. No. And in fact, I've got. I don't have. All our tents now are actually maybe besides one or two. I love all our tenants. In fact, we do. I do. You know, lease renewals. Go hang out at the kitchen table, talk to them, and like sometimes I'll stay for an hour. And my wife gets pissed because I call them late. <laughs> like they're actually they're cool people. I yeah, like just them. hang out. Yeah. A lot of them have bad money habits, but they're really most ninety five percent of our tenants are cool people. They take good care of the house, and they're proud to live there. And I get I have a good feeling going there. I'm like I'm making money and I'm providing a good service to people and families. Kids are playing out in the yard, and it's good. It's good for everyone. That is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> You evil landlord. Like, it wasn't always like that. But, yeah. You're um, ruining America. We got a couple barbershops in the basements and, you know, grown men sit around all day smoking weed. But um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's never a good thing either. <laughs> At least uh, during the day. I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah. Um, the lease term, we do a minimum of a two year lease, and our leases end on March 31st. And another screening um, tip for people, it's I want people that are committed to two years. We started off with just one-year leases. Like, you know, the rent, I remember in the beginning, like, a house would be available on January 15th, and it would just be January 15th, 2012. Lease would expire January 14th, 2013. Bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Because there's no commitment, and people live there for a year, move out. You're not making any money. You know, especially when you do that in the winter, like if you got a couple months first of vacancy. Like, yeah, talk about gotta, vacancy real quick. This magical number lots of people like to avoid. One month yeah. not being rented. What does that do to your cash on cash? I'm not good with Jesse's the numbers guy. Yeah, I have. If I had him in front of me, I'd look at him. But I just know it's at least twelve percent. Well, gone, we analyze right? a property. I put a five percent vacancy in there. Yeah, and I would I would make that a lot higher if you're in Detroit or something like that. But for us, it's. It works out. So everybody signs two-year leases with you now? Yes. Dude, or, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, because we don't want to – I don't want to I don't want to deal with people turning over every year. And we want people that can make a commitment. If someone only wants Sorry, to live there for a year, it's another way to go away and go rent somewhere else. A lot of, most a lot of people do year leases. It's fine. Now, this works, folks, yeah. because they buy nice houses yeah. in nice areas, and they rehab them yeah. to a very high standard. So there's lots of demand. Yeah. So exactly, if, you're, yeah. if you're wondering why you can't rent your house, maybe you're in a shit part of the neighborhood <laughs> or you did a shit job rehabbing it and yeah. you're a shit landlord. It's like three parts, you know, <laughs> some of it's you, some of it's neighborhood, some of it's house, you know, yeah. some things you can change, some things you yeah. can't. And, um, the other part was the, everything ends on March 31st because when people move out, we want them to move out. It's April. We do some work comes back in the market a couple weeks may the peak time for running get the most amount of rent get the most people looking Damn, that's smart man and uh it just it's funny because this is a whole mike butler thing that we learned the march 31st thing and i don't know where we got the two-year leases but um it just some people push back and they don't want to do it but it's like that's our policy it's not and that's always it's not me it's not mike dundon saying no you need to do this it's it's our jbmd properties policy it's just a policy it's a company policy and I don't, I don't ever like, I'm not, we're not, we don't put ourselves out there as mom and pop people. It's not big, bad Mike, or it's just <laughs> big, bad. Uh, I'm, Mike I'm bound by out. these policies and we don't, we just do two year leases. I love that. And actually a lot of people like it because it locks their rent in. We're not gonna, 
we're not going to you know, raise the rent after a year. And if they keep signing, renewing for two years, their rent never goes up. So you don't yeah. increase their rent when they sign? Yeah. So, no, not so it's a benefit to them. They lock it in, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's a benefit for them. If they really want to live there and they're not planning on moving, people that want less lower terms, they're probably planning on moving. And that's a bit, I don't want, I don't want that. So it was so annoying. A year ago goes by fast. You're like, man, I just rented that place. It's already va- like, <laughs> I got to do it again. Yeah, it's, yeah. Screw that. I like you do two <laughs> years. That's a good idea. So, and also it's just a simplicity, like, you know, on our little spreadsheet, it says March 31st, 53 times. It doesn't say freaking 50 some different dates and trying to keep track of so-and-so in this place is renewing on September 18th. And this is on October 4th. And this, I freaking go back to using drugs. I had to do that. It's horrible. Well, you and Jesse, big part of your success is just standard operating procedures yeah. and yeah. no excuses, no yeah. exceptions. You just, this is yeah. what you do. You don't even have to guess. They're like, here's what you do. Here's how you do it. Just go out and do it. Yeah. No exceptions. And yeah. yeah now look at your life. Yeah. Um, so once they fill out that, then they're able to go look at the property. It will sign out a key, um, bring the key back, get their 20 bucks back. Oh, another screening tip is when they show up to the office and they don't have 20 bucks or they ask if there's an ATM in the real estate office. No. I mean, <laughs> have a nice day. I'm glad you asked. The, the no. broker who works at the office, I, we pay him like a little bit of money every month to deal with this and we give him a hundred bucks every time we lease a property because he's got to let people come to his office to sign out the key. It's good money for him because he just said to let people come to his office and take a key and come back. And our hours are only from like 10 to four on the weekdays and a couple hours on the weekends. But Ooh, restrictive hours too. Yeah. Which, that's, that's one of the ways I test motivation too. When I'm doing my wholesale calls, yeah. I won't book appointments. I do appointments when I want to do appointments. They try and yeah. set it for some time. I'm sorry, I'm not available. What time this week can you get off work early and meet me at there at five? Yeah. And that's a good test of motivation too, man. Yeah. We initially thought it was going to be a problem, but really the people that really want the house, they it's not make a it problem. Work. They'll take they a little bit of time do. off work. Yeah. They'll do whatever, you know, and it's, so I love it. It's like, it's like a layer upon layer of motivation testing for a high demand rental. Just yeah. see, see the cream float to the top, right? People figure it out and it's yeah. just, you know, so where was I? So they go look at the property. If they like it, they go back online, fill out our application online. This is this. We've had some people yell, uh, get upset on our, it says only clean and responsible people who pay rent on time need apply. <laughs> Somebody gets upset <laughs> about that. Probably don't want them, yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I think we got that from my brother. I think we modified some of it, but yeah, we had some realtors. I don't like the way you say that. Like, what like do you one, mean? One chick's like, I hope you never rent a house again. Not like it's like, was that a spell? Did you just yeah. cast a spell, lady? It totally worked. <laughs> I've never rented a house again, so that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, I won't. Have a nice day. Yeah. So, Ooh, so you my go through feelings. this and. Address you're applying for, monthly rent amount, first name, middle name, last name. They try to speed through this, date birth, social security number, cell phone, all email. How did you find this home? Request a move-in date, current address, blah, 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 all that stuff. Current addresses, um, move-in, move-out date. Let me just fly through this if there's any important here. Employment, past employment, gross wages, all that. Then we get down to the general questions of accepted. How long will you live here? One year, two year, three years. If they were paying attention, they'd notice that we already don't do one year, but a lot of people still put one year and 
that we just tell them sneaky to do. trick. Yeah. I like it. We try to catch people in lies all. No, that's not a lie. We try to catch inconsistencies. It's detective work. It's what I do. Um, is the total moving amount available now? Yes or no? The good thing about these questions is when people lie, I don't need to worry about, oh, can they come back? And, you know, if you lie, it says in our application, if you lie, you're done. You know, like if you lie, you're done. And that's liars aren't a protected class. No, right? no, they're not. I mean, probably another 10 years they will be. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. truth discrimination, Mike. And, yeah. uh, it's racist and sexist of you to suggest you shouldn't go know. through life lying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right now, liars are not protected class. So <laughs> <laughs> if you ever broken a lease, are you convicted felon? Doesn't mean we won't rent to you, but just don't lie. How many evictions have been filed on you? That's a, if you re- pay attention to the wording, it's not, have you ever been evicted? Cause that's a yes or no question. How many evictions have been filed on you? It's a numerical, you know, it's a number. You've got to say zero or six, you know. but <laughs> shit. It's, we got this from Mike Butler. He was actually a detective in Louisville. Making like, it's the way you ask the question. And so you've got people who just are like, Oh, zero. But you can't say like no, because it's not a yes or no queen. You know, it's like so. Your attorney's name. You have a freaking attorney. I, <laughs> most people don't. I love that. Most you're, people don't, but some people put their attorney, and it's like they go to the bottom. They go to the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> that is hilarious. No, I think you're fucking right about that. Your right? attorney name, and it says Sam Bernstein. Yeah, it's good luck. Yeah. What kind of animals do you have? Hey, Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> What kind of animals do you have? Again, it's not a yes or no question. It's not, do you have pets? It's what kind of animals do you have? So people that makes them a lot more honest, say one beagle or one pit bull or whatever, you know, one cat, two cats. Um, it's a lot harder to lie because if you say no animals and you have an animal, you know, it's what may interrupt your ability to pay rent. It's good. Ooh, good a lot question. of people say loss of employment. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I I've been freaking so broke, no, hardly any income, and I've still made my mortgage payment. I like when people say death. 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 That'll do it. Just member men. I've heard, I don't remember. Like, people put like, all, <laughs> but people say loss of employment. I'm like, man, that's not disqualifying. But like, Absolutely not. But I like that you asked the question. Bro, I like when people are like, nothing. People will say declaratively, nothing will, will interrupt my ability to pay my rent. Like, yes. That, that person goes in yeah. our circle of friends now. Yeah. yeah. If accepted, the following persons will be living with you. List name, relation, age, one entry per line. It's usually kids, their age. Because um, we found out a lot of times single women. I'm allowed to say that. Single women will rent a house. Oh, you want this house and it's just you and your child. You, it's just you and your child, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Whoever's out in the, the car, the car's still running. They're like waiting out in the car. And so Ray Ray's not going to live here, you know? Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. So we want, again, we can't stop everything. We've got a couple of tenants that fr- brought their ex-con boyfriend or fiance, whatever they are. They're, they're living there. I know they're living there. But I know that it's ammo. I know that they're living there. I know they're violating the lease. And as long as they're paying and they're not causing any problems, whatever. I'm not. Yeah, you're I'm, trying to avoid problems. Yeah, you know? and then whatever, but. I know that they're lying. And if I ever needed to do the 30 day, you violate the lease, then I could. If we never, never had to do that yet, but it's ammo. Like everything's ammo. Like you just, you know, you lied. This guy lives there. So whatever. Or this girl, usually whatever. Yeah. <laughs> guy or girl. Um, list vehicles and trailers. 
Um, I don't want freaking a chop shop in my front yard. <laughs> that um, happens a lot uh, in Detroit, by the way. <laughs> I'm a mechanic. Well, get a fucking job then. Yeah. Emergency contacts, relation, phone number, address. And we even say, like, these people, they're to be contacted in case of emergency, including if you can't pay your rent. Like, if you go missing in action, and I've done this several times, call their emergency contact. Like someone's mom or or if it's a mom, someone's daughter, and they're like, oh, oh, yeah. I didn't know my mom wasn't paying rent. It's like, yeah, she listed you as emergency contact. What's going on? <laughs> and like, magically the rent gets paid pretty I love it. Social pressure. Yeah. Dude, I did this on a – I got to interrupt here. So I just did this on a deal I closed in Detroit where we signed, and then he called and tried to shake me down and said he was going to sell it to his neighbor. I'm like, that's not how this works. You know, it's like, I'm going to sell to my neighbor unless you close. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I went down and filed. I texted him, emailed him the picture, um, sent it to him. And then I basically, I'm like, look, here's what's going to happen. You're going to sell. When you do sell, you're going to have to deal with me. I'm not going away. Talk to your attorney. I just sent a letter because he told me he was going to sell it to his neighbor. So I sent a letter to everybody on the block, letting him know. And I sent a copy of the the claim of interest. And he had a church. I said, uh, after this, I'm going to go to your church and tell people you're not a man of your word. <laughs> Two days later, he called and apologized. Yeah. So that shit absolutely fucking works, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, and I've it, done it probably a handful of times. Yeah, so sometimes you just got to. You got to call people on their yeah. bullshit and, nope, yeah. you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Or we're going to have a problem. Yeah. So. so we got that. We got... Um... Oh, the other thing about the past, you know, land, you know, where you've lived or work, like a lot of you can, you can't see it, but a lot of the the red star where like the application won't be accepted. Like it won't go through unless you've answered the, they have to fill it out online where it's like, if you don't fill out the certain character fields, it won't submit it, you know? So there's certain things that people have to fill out. It's another way of forcing people to. You know, and a lot and like to be honest, a lot of people look at this and they're like, "Screw this! I'm gonna go find the guy with the first sale or for rent sign in the yard. Good. And go go rape him. Yeah, That's fine. Yep, not I me. I want to be raped. Yep. So, um, the more complete they fill out the application, the better they're gonna be, and the more you know, the more the dates make sense. If they say you want people that have lived in the same place for a number of years, yeah, if they move every year, or if it says. Rented an XYZ apartment complex, 2010 to 2011. Rented house, 2015 to 2016. What's missing? Four years. Yeah, where'd that go? What were you doing? The f- like, why didn't you put that down? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of a detective when you're trying to figure this shit out, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, actually, I kind of enjoy it. I kind of sit in my little, you see my room, my little Your power, power chair. chair yeah. I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, you rub her head. Lies. You laugh with an even more. Adrian's like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, I'm just like. <laughs> just another tenant application. It's freaking hilarious. It's an exciting Friday night at the Dundon you know, house. I, I got to enjoy, I got to enjoy something. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as this work goes. I mean, financial questions. Do you have a checking account? Yes. No. Do you have a savings account? Yes. No. Do you own real estate? Have you ever been involved in a property foreclosure? Do you, have you ever filed a bankruptcy? None of this stuff is disqualifying. In fact, actually, half of our people have filed bankruptcies, maybe more. Especially in the foreclosure boom, people are getting foreclosed on left or right in Detroit and going to the Redford. And those are some of our best tenants. In fact, for some of those people, it was a so, smart thing to let. To no, be, absolutely. Yeah, and and so. actually, you know, just tell the freaking truth. Like, I, 
it's not just that just tells you about your character. If you're going to lie about it, what else are you lying about? Yeah. That's like, an excellent point. Yeah. You you want a tenant who's not a lying piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So shit happened in your life. You told the truth about it. No. And, and like, just, just tell the truth. Like we do, we don't say we, if you, this happens, we will not rent to you. It doesn't say that. Just, just asking you questions. So, um, cause, cause we do rent to people with foreclosures and bankruptcies. Um, that's not a disqualifying thing. So you don't rent the liars when you catch no. them. Yeah. How much money do you have in reserves for security deposit, first month's rent, emergency savings, et cetera? So people put down a number that better freaking match the number on your statement you're giving me. Oh, yeah. If you put, I got 10 grand and your bank account says $400. You know, you lie. It's in my mattress. My- <laughs> <laughs> List your monthly payments. This is a key thing too, that we just added this. Um, not that long ago, maybe a year ago. Has like auto loans, credit cards, medical payments, education loans, other insurance, child support, alimony. People that fill that out honestly are going to be good tenants. The people that don't put anything because they don't feel like it, they're lazy. Yeah, or they don't know. Or they don't know how many people don't know really. I mean, or they don't know, but yeah, then find out. You know, <laughs> like it's we're all adults. You know, that's the thing that. I used to give people such passes and I just was so naive and I was like, Oh, they're a good person. And they probably yeah, just, no. how many times I've heard like my credit was ruined because I was divorced and I'm sure there are cases where that actually happens. But if I had a, a nickel for everyone said that their credit was trash because they got divorced you know, or because of their boyfriend, like, I mean, come on. I don't know. Do I have to be that guy? I didn't make you marry some asshole. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, it's not my problem. But they're also lying. I don't, I mean, it's yeah. not, that's, that's just an easy way of saying like, here's why everything went wrong in my life. I got divorced. I know a lot of people got divorced and they still were fine. Their credit was still fine and you know, whatever. Um, and then we, this whole disclaimer saying like, if you lie, we're going to check everything. It's pretty, all the legal stuff and you got to check that you read it and then you put your signature and you submit and that it won't let me click to the next one because I haven't filled it out. But then our next one is, um, supporting documents where you can just upload your pay stubs, your uh, your um, bank statement, whatever supporting docs you have, and it's amazing because we get this. This once they click, go to step three. Both Jesse and I are get, get emails us a uh, a link or a PDF. I'm not sure or my email account, so I can see their application. And then the step three is to support it, support it with documents. Half the time, people don't fill out the document section. Why is that? They're freaking lying. Yeah, and absolutely. They don't, yeah. they don't have the evidence. Wait, they don't have the evidence. I to have back to prove up. this. So yeah. it's hilarious. So because they don't know, they doesn't say that. That's they don't know. They just know. Go to step three. So they go to step three and what? Whoa, so and so. Why didn't you fill out the last section of the application? Like they just go away. <laughs> it's good because I never have to talk to them. So. It's like a funnel. It is it's like it is. a funnel yeah. of just trying to toss yeah, toss all the liars and the cheats out. You know. So they go to step three. They do all their supporting docs and they submit that to me. Uh, so once people submit, am I close enough? Yeah. You know, you sound once great. people submit the, uh, their documents, pay stubs, um, to copy the driver's license, bank statement. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anything. Their full completed application comes to my email and that's when I start paying attention, which is cool. Cause the old way we did it, I just got just, what do you call them? Ass clowns? Yeah, I call them ass all clowns. All kinds of yeah. just people emailing me and just all. And now it's like nothing. And I've got a separate email address for, for, uh, hey, Joe. Hey, 
Joe separate Delia. email address yeah. that the rental stuff comes through forwarding. And so I don't I just see all this. It used to be it just bombard me and it was so annoying. And now everything goes through our Google voice and it's a, uh, so my phone doesn't actually ring. It's just, you're familiar with Google voice, right? I love Google. I love use it, it for my voicemail. I don't know yeah. how I live without it. Yeah. Um, so once they make it there, they're not necessarily a good tenant at that point, but they're like, they, these can follow directions and they haven't been scared off yet, which so a lot of, really crappy people that made it into our houses in 2011, 12 don't make it anymore. They don't even get close. No, they don't get close anymore. So, um, I get the, so at that point I got my little handy. I learned from Jesse with his checklist. I decided to document my process, which is called my, it's called the leasing process. It's really creative. Um, the name, but, um, (laughs) effective. (laughs) So I just asked for the name, applicant address. Um, um, Verify income, so check boxes, net, not gross income should be roughly three times the monthly rent. I already said that. Two months of pay stubs must have a year to date somewhere on the pay stub. And the reason for that is, um, or ask for W 2s. Yeah, you want to know how much they're making. Because I want to know, you may have just started your job or you may be, I don't know what kind of employment you are. Maybe you made a bunch of money the last two months, but the previous six months, you didn't make anything. So just going by the last two months, and I probably, I don't remember the, I probably got burned on this. It's probably how I learned this, but I don't remember specifically, but I just started asking people's W2s now. And again, people don't want to do that. Good. Cause you're, cause you're hiding something. Yeah, so absolutely. anyway, yeah. so all I do, it's pretty simple. I get their W2s or year to date, their net. If you take everything out, I just divide it depending on what month we're in and divide it by how many months they've been working at that calendar year. That's their monthly income net. If that makes sense, then they get to go on to uh, the next, the next thing. And then also, um, how long has the applicant been on the job? What kind of work? You know, if you're someone that's changing jobs over six months, and they're, you know, probably not going to be. It's not very stable. Um, someone that's been on the job for a long time, or if they've switched jobs in the same field, um, typically more stable, and that's just a good thing. Um, Copy of social security benefits, pension statements. I need to look at all this tax returns of retired or self-employed. Um, I found, um, double income families or, um, not necessarily families, but just people, two people in the, and we're renting, um, husband or wife or a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, mother, daughter, they both work way more stable. Never, I've never had a problem with anyone who's had a double, a double income situation always works out great and that's obvious why oh, yeah they got security in case exactly one yeah absolutely yeah that makes sense every time we've had people move out had to move out early um that's because of there's one person that makes the money and um they whatever happens happens so double income that's that catches my attention that's that's a good thing and i really i just have a simple calculation i just you can't see this but but their names down this is something we just rented to last February or April. And I put both their nets. This is a husband and wife and they are, I got a little number. They're like plus three grand. Like net would be, they make $7,500 net a month and they just, they need to make this house $4,100. One of our higher end rentals. So they're way, way, way above, yeah. which is good. So they're living below their means too, which I also like. I'm not sure if they are that, but I'm not gonna go that far, but. 
I don't know. But anyway, so, so that, after that, I make sure the move-in funds, security deposit plus first month's rent are available. And then that's when I look at the bank statement. These people had five to six grand in their account, which is good. Um, it's kind of a normal two people who work, they make that much money. Ideal if they're really good with their money, they have a lot more than that in their account, yeah. but that's, but they probably wouldn't be renting then. At exactly. That point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's just kind of a normal, I look for normalcy. The guy that submits pay stubs that I make $120,000 a year and I, you know, I got 30 and they put some in the, how much money do you have? 30 grand. If it's too good to be true, it is like, what, what are you doing renting our house? If you make that much money, it's just, I've had, I've just been years of people saying that crap and it's either an outright lie or there's just some, there's some catch. If it's too good to be true, it is. I just want something normal. Like if the rent's a thousand, they should be making about 40 grand a year. If it's 12 to 13, 1400, it should be more like 60, 70, whether that's 30 and 30 or, you know, however that breaks down between two people or one person, that's the general, there's a rule of thumb that it goes by. So look at the bank statement. The next is the credit report. Um, Actually, let me skip that because I, I gotta rework this. I do this in a different order now. Um, after that, once I do the income, actually, sometimes I, do, I gotta rework this. Sometimes I do this first. I type their phone number or their name into a search engine like Google or Facebook, and um, sometimes just absolute criminal, like someone's just a criminal and they're Wayne Posting County court, yeah. Yeah, Wayne <laughs> County <laughs> just shows up. Googling someone's name is powerful. Plus, I also you know in a good, I see people with like. I'll Google their name and they're on LinkedIn and they're like professional and they have like, they're well-spoken and they have a normal job and the job on their LinkedIn page matches the application. You're seeing consistency and I, and like, I'm like, that's a good, I'm like, that's good. It's not everything all, about your, yeah. you, you're doing, you're just trying to catch people lying. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 You just, you, so just yeah. trying to catch people lying is all pretty much. Yeah. And then Facebook is a, um, Gold careful mine. what you put on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I, I should probably be more careful. <laughs> if most people, a lot of these people, most of them have Facebook pages. And I tell you what, if I if I put your name, number, email address, and Facebook, and your profile pulls, pulls up, and your feed sounds like a freaking NWA song, I love NWA. I'm not going to rent to you. Like yeah. if you, you know, if you're talking about just if you've got a picture of you smoking a blunt, you know, and you're talking about just getting out of jail the other day and, you know, after <laughs> the, the police. Yeah, that's not going to work. Walking yeah. around my AK and, yeah. you know, baby mama, like my kids, like, how, you know, whatever. You know, Sounds like my family, man. <laughs> straight it's out amazing. of Coos that's Bay, like, Oregon. Yeah. It's amazing how, like, you know, they've got this just that kind of a Facebook page. But then they call you like, hello, Mr. Dundon. I would like to rent your, like, and it's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's like two lives. What's yeah? It's really weird. It's turning off and on, but yeah. um, that's a no. That's a no deal. No deal. If you you don't have to be you don't. I don't care about political stuff. I don't care about any of that. Just because you don't agree with what I, I'm looking for gangster like criminal gangster. You can't talk without saying certain words. You know. Yeah. You know, racist race words and stuff like that. I'm. I don't want any part of that. Go somewhere else. Um, and that's not a protected class. No. If, you know, so racist, um, racist are not protected. Yeah. Yeah. So I look for that stuff and usually Facebook can tell a lot. Cause usually like, I'm like, oh, these people are really, they got pictures of their family. They're like posting pictures of their animals, which is, I can find animals that way too. Ooh, yeah. like, Wait a minute. This says no animals. 
what animals is again oh that's my neighbor yeah yeah, right yeah my sister's dog for the last year and a half also so i'm looking at their facebook page i'm like oh so this must be the people they listed on their page i'm like this must be david who's five i'm like oh cute kid whatever (laughs) i'm like it's all a liar it's all making sense you know it's like and like you know and also they have like where they work on facebook page and they talk about their work and it it all kind of it all should match to what they've already put down so it's another screen tool it's a good it's a good good screen tool i don't know if most people do that but no they they should should. do you do instagram or just facebook no i'm not even on instagram dude you gotta do instagram too yeah especially for your younger renters because facebook instagram's like facebook for okay 20 to 30 so okay it probably doesn't matter now in another five years search instagram yeah i might have to change that yeah um so from there i look at the past landlord reference and I just call the person. I mean, if it's an apartment complex, they won't talk to you. They'll send you a rent roll, which is fine. I can see, I can read them and see if the person's late every month. And now why won't they talk to you? There's laws, I guess they can't. Yeah. Yeah. They won't talk to you. Not because they can't talk to you. They're afraid to talk to you. Yeah. People, the previous landlord really can't, they, there's stuff they can say and can't say, but most won't even take the risk. Yeah. Cause why take the risk? But again, I mean, continuing with my theme, I asked the tenant, potential tenant, to get me the rent rolls. I don't actually, because it's again, if they're too lazy, they don't want to do it, then again, I don't Good. want them. Yep. But usually they're one of them in my house, they're eager and they just get them right away. They go to the leasing office, they get them, they fax them to me, which is freaking annoying, but we have an e fax, but I don't know why apartment complexes can't use a scanner, but I do. whatever. There's I still know. people in this office who fax things. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. But uh, anyway, so I get that stuff and. As long as it checks out and they're leaving with a zero balance and or they're, you know, not late that much and they that looks okay. That's fine. I like to be able to talk to people. A lot of people do talk to me though. And they're totally honest. And um like this particular tenant was they were five years of their prior house. I've made notes. Landlord hates to see them go, no problems at all. And I check I look go to real comp look at the house. And the reason why I, when I was, met the tenants, they were like, yeah, we, they lived in a place without a garage in North Redford. It was a small house. And now they're moving to a big house. Uh, it's, a it's a legitimate reason. It makes yeah. sense. It well, it also sense. falls back into your um, get a basement in a garage. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like, so it's double. You yeah. Know? And they're, it makes sense. It's not like, it just, it makes sense. I want things that make sense. These crazy stories usually don't work out. Like, you know I mean? I, damn, that's a that good sense. point. I didn't think about it like that. They have a good reason to move that you understand, right? And I try to catch, you know, a lot of times I've heard people like we have their friends pretend they're landlord. I ask them like, I don't know where my, I came in ill prepared today, but I have like specific questions. I'll say, so, or sometimes I'll be like, so so so-and-so says you're, I'll say the, I'll say the wrong name. I'll be like, this person's name's, I don't want to say their name. This person's name's John, but I'll say, so Steve said that yours, and they'll be like, Steve, Steve who? And And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. His name's John. I've actually done that Sneaky where I've said, trick. Steve said, and they're like, oh yeah, Steve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a great tenant. And I'm like, going to find the end. I'm like, actually his name's John. Dude, <laughs> I'm surprised you tell him, you know, just yeah. hanging up. Yeah. I think, I think I have before. It's not like, I got I sit in my power chair and run back and forth. <laughs> <from> the, <laughs> my coffee. Deborah Jane. So, um, we cut another one, Deborah Jane. I've yes. done that before. Where if I don't, I only do that if I'm really, if I'm kind of suspicious or I think something's weird. I'll, I'll intentionally say something incorrectly to see if they'll correct me. 
And usually they do and it's fine. But, um, so this person said glowing reviews. I looked at the real, up real comp, real comp and I made sure the house is actually owned by the person they said owned it. And just, just to make it checks out like the address, everything checks out. It's all real comp all detective folks work. is our MLS, yeah. our multiple listing service. If you're a licensed agent, sorry to interrupt. Some, yeah. a lot of people are out of the country too. So they don't necessarily know what all the, the jargon and the lingo yeah. is. So that's why I keep, I don't them. always do this, but a lot of times I'll drive by their house. I don't actually go. Some people actually go knock on the door. It's not a bad idea. I don't go that far. Maybe I should, I could, what we're doing works, but I think because of what we do, everything leading up to this point, I don't feel like I need to do that. But if I drive by the house and it's a complete piece of crap and it's the summer and the grass is a foot tall, it's a bad, it's oh, a bad That's sign. a good point. Yeah. So, and again, I'm looking for the cars. The cars match what what they put on their application. This is like being all, a detective. It's all, you know, it's all detective. It's yeah. all detective work. I mean, it sounds excessive, but it's it's why we do as well as we do. Like management is is half the battle. Well, you guys do nice rehabs yeah. too. Yeah. I think, I think for people listening, it maybe sounds excessive, but maybe only excessive. If you have a shit pit. Yeah. If you have a nice house that you put a good chunk of money in, especially money yeah. you fucking borrowed that yeah. you have to make payments on uh yeah, you're going to be a little careful about who you put in your house. Right. Or yeah. you should. Yeah. I remember how naive I was. Boy, those are some expensive mistakes. Yeah. Um, what's the, I don't know if there's another rule. Can you discriminate uh, based upon number? If you have more kids than you have uh, that you can count on your hands, that's probably a no. I don't know. Throwing that out there. I think there might be, two, I think it might be two people per bedroom or something, but I don't even get into that. I just, yeah. I just, we've got people, a lot of kids. I don't, I don't care. They're harder on the house, but I mean, it's, it's pay your bills. People have kids. I can't, you know, I like kids. I love kids, but, um, so if all of this checks out, um, oh no, my, the last step is we do a background check and we use Mr. Landlord, this site, Greg, I got this newsletter. I love it. Um, it's like a weekly newsletter, tips and tricks. A lot of the stuff I'm talking about, I can't remember where I got them, all this stuff exactly. Some of it's is that Mr. Landlord.com yeah. or okay. Yeah. Mr. Landlord. He is like a combined, uh, ten, a credit background criminal check for like 25 bucks. And we registered. So we're someone from the, I don't know who it is, FICO or someone. They came to Jesse's house and like verified that we could pull people's credit and take their security, social security numbers and do this. So we're able to, I can't remember how it, how it all works out, but we're able, we did We went through the legal. So we're able to do all this and pull people's credit. Um, cause I actually stopped having people send me their credit reports cause I can't, the stuff, it's like reading Greek. I, I get so tired. I was so sick of, can kind of understand it, but the Mr. Landlord, the format, um, it's the credit report. It, it doesn't, I don't think it gives you a, does it give you a score? It does give you a score, but it also just lists how much debt they have, their monthly payments and while there's stuff in collections. It's in a very easy to read format. It's like a page. It kind of condenses, condenses like a 30 page experience credit report down into a page. It's really easy to read. And because the other thing, like you can have someone that makes three times the rent, but if they've got two thousand dollars of car payments every month, no it's go. Probably not a good yeah. idea. Yeah, you want. I mean, you want to know that stuff. And um, and also, again, this sounds like a broken record, but if they've got these expenses that they failed to mention on the initial application, I like how you say failed to mention. Yeah, I mean, it's you mean just, lied about. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so shit. Just, I forgot. And we have people, I have people that accept that I do kind of, they've either outright lied or they just forgot, you know, whatever that it just, I, they end up passing um, and they turn out to be fine. But I'm looking for like not one or two. I'm looking for people who are just lying a lot. Um, so, Wait, so some lying is okay, but not too much. I mean, not really, but I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's, there's shades of gray. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I, I get what you're going. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty excessive in how we screen. I mean, if I, if I wanted everything to be absolutely consistently, every I dotted and every T cross, probably, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. I have a hard time following directions and I try, <laughs> you know. No, I know. So there's, you know, whatever. So that Mr. Landlord thing is awesome because it has eviction history, credit history, or, and criminal. And that's like the, one of the last lines of defense. So if I see you've got a bunch of evictions, everything looked good, but all of a sudden I get your background check and you've got a bunch of evictions and criminal stuff. No, sorry. And if your credit's just completely trash, then I don't know. Credit's, credit's tricky. I, credit's, if there's a double income poem, then... One person, a lot of times one person is just terrible credit and the other person is decent, then that's fine, whatever. But there's got to be, you know, there's got to be offsetting circumstances. But, um, uh, so the background check, and I have, like I said, I've caught people with like assault, like with deadly weapon, like that's a no go. I don't want, you know, if you got a DUI or whatever, I'm a freaking alcoholic myself. I don't, yeah. I don't really <laughs> care about that stuff. I mean, if it's or a petty, stuff from a long time ago or something from when you were a fucking kid yeah, and I stupid care. I don't right care about that i don't i really don't I mean, but you but just, beat you beat up your girlfriend last year yeah. problem right but tell me the truth and people do and people loved our great tenants said yeah i've got a i did this in 2001 or i don't care just just tell me the truth i probably did it too <laughs> <laughs> probably did worse than that but yeah. uh so if that if that goes well then I meet him at the house to collect the, this is a separate thing. I meet up the house to go do the security deposit. And that's my absolute last line of defense. Cause I want to meet them there and they need to get, I tell them to make the security deposit out to JBD properties for the month and a half rent. Meet him at the house. They have the check. They're cool. They, they're, they're what they look like in person fits what they've, what they've supplied, the information they supplied. And then we schedule a lease signing date and, um, and then we do the do the lease signing. But I have had a couple of times where I've met people, and I've had a bad feeling. A lot yeah. of times, a lot tell of times, me about the one yeah. that um, you said that the the husband or the boyfriend or whatever hadn't met before. He starts going around. And I think it's your other point. We start yeah. pointing out everything wrong. A lot. Of, a lot of times, women women will um, the women the woman. It's like this at home buying. The woman will look at the houses and the the man's more passive and um, I'm, I'm thinking like they've both seen the house. They're both on board. They're both a team and, you know, and not so and much. Really the yeah. man's never been there. And so the first time he's seeing the house and actually I asked this way early in the process. Now I'm like, I'm like both of you are, I've seen this house and you both want to live there. I drill into people's heads and so I don't deal with that anymore. But th- this particular instance, like the chick showed up and she was fine. The dude shows up. He just has this sulk. He's just sulking, like has this like angry, like just depressed look on his face. He's agitated, like like 
anxiously walking around the whole house, like pointing stuff angrily out of every, like everywhere that's wrong with the house and how he doesn't like stuff. And, and I'm paying attention and I'm saying, this isn't good. And <laughs> this so good. we get to like the part where You're I'm so like, understated sometimes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just find it funny. So we get to the point where I'm like explaining like the next steps and they've, they've got their money order, like all ready to go, like the 1500 bucks or whatever it was. And this dude's just like, like breathing and huffing and looking all around. He's all arms agitated. crossed. Yeah. He's like, and finally I looked at him. I'm like, you seem very unhappy. I'm like, what's, what's wrong? What's going on? And he's like, Oh, Oh, nothing. And everyone's freaking coward. Like they don't really like they're, they want to look all tough and they want to like look like they're in control. But the second you confront someone like that, they're like, Oh no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, well, you look really unhappy with the house. And then like everyone starts trying to cover for him. And like, Oh yeah. Too late like, now. I just, I just thought that, and then he finally opens up. He's like, I thought that, you know, we were only doing a year lease and I thought that we were, this was a different house. And I'm like, Oh, so you haven't been here before. I'm like, you told me he was here before. Lie. Lie. <laughs> Game over. And then I, and then I don't remember this. It just basically, I said, you know what? I'm like, this isn't going to work out. I don't feel comfortable. And I never say I'm the owner, which I, I'm not half the time because I'm in Jesse's houses, but I say, I don't feel comfortable going through this. I will take your security deposit and it's already made out to me. So I'll cut you a check back and I'll reimburse them and just to make them go away. And the good thing about our structure is most property managers or real estate agents be like, cool. I got my five, my half months commission. Screw you. See you later. But if I put someone like that, not only is it ethically and morally wrong, but I'm the one who's got to deal with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got this great checks and balances where it keeps us all honest. Like I don't treat his houses any differently. I treat my own. Like, like technically he owns that house, but if I put a crappy person in the house, who's going to deal with it? Me, not him. Like it's going to be me. So <laughs> you're incentivized. Me, exactly. And yeah. That's good. That's a good thing. Cause most property managers aren't and they just, they get paid based on the turnover and they don't care if they get the most money they make is during the lease. They get the half months commission and turnovers their friend in a lot of models. Um, so, so anyway, so I gave them their money back and rented to another woman who's been there for three plus years now. Awesome tenant. Great. Like, you know, they just did. leave sulking or did you have to put up with any shit? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, no, they, they try to use every, they try to backpedal and say that it was a misunderstanding and no, you know, it's not anymore. I no, learned from not. that first chick, that yeah. bankruptcy chick, like two years, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck kind of like, you know, like kind of, it's, I don't, I don't mess around with that. I've had another, other times where, where like a father and son of son have come in the house and they seem cool within the dads. Like, I just don't think this rent is good. We should be buying a house. And, and I was like, you absolutely should be buying a house. In fact, I said, in fact, you could buy the same house and your payment would be like $600. You should buy the house. But newsflash, you've got horrible credit. You have no money. <laughs> I didn't say that. But I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. I'm like, but yes, from a purely financial, logical standpoint, you should buy your own house. It's a way better deal. I mean, everyone should buy their own house. Everyone should own their own house if they can do it and they're smart with their money and they've got like a little bit of a down payment and on a $60,000 house, we're talking about like $1,500, three and a half percent FHA loan. And you as long as you have that. like a 600 credit score, it's, you don't even have to be, have that be that good on paper, but you can't do it for whatever reason. So now you're going to pay me 10 50 in rent. Sorry. 
Yeah. Not sorry. The world works. Yeah. Yeah. So not sorry at all, actually. So, and I actually tell people that where like, people are like, I, I could buy this house. And I'm like, you, you should could. do that. You should. Yeah. Buy. <laughs> have a nice day. It's funny. I do the same thing on wholesale calls. One of the yeah. first things that like, you know, if you thought about using a real estate agent, you could usually do better because yeah. we buy below fair market value yeah. and we're trying to sell at fair market value, make a profit. Just tell yeah. them straight up front. Exactly yeah. what I intend to do. But I'm totally transparent. I'm not trying yeah. to deceive anyone. I'm not trying to take your money. I don't want your freaking money. I don't want your, I don't want the headache. I don't want any, cause you're upset now. You're going to be a really annoying tenant and I've got to deal with you. And I don't like dealing with, man, I like tenants. that. If you're upset now, it's just going to get yeah, worse, right? Way worse when you get in the house. Was it you who told me? I think it was you. It was yeah. you or I can't remember, but. When you're meeting for the first time, you're on your best behavior. Yeah. You did tell That's me that. That's the best it gets. Yeah, because we were talking. If person's a dick yeah. then, they're going to be a gigantic dick yeah. when you move into your house. I think you when you took me out, uh, Gene and I out to dinner, we were talking about that. <laughs> I just It stuck in my head. He's like, dude, if I would have paid attention to that six yeah. years ago, I'd be way ahead, right? Yeah. Like I said, right. In, the, in the early days, I was like, well... They're not like me, but you know, I've got to give people some leeway. Yeah, you know, no, fuck that. that. Yeah, yeah no, that. no, no. That, like that's you, bigotry of lower expectations, yeah, man. Screw that. Uh uh-uh. uh. So I have done that. Yeah. And this, then like that is my, I've probably done that too, not very many times, but that's my final line of defense. And it just is able, I'm able to meet them. I've had one dude who was a little bitchy, like about this house was freaking new everything. And he was concerned that the dishwasher might be too loud. And like, I don't even know what to say to that. There's nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> Just take Have a nice day. <laughs> Usually my wife hears about this crap all day long. I used to Dana, Jesse's wife, because I never talked to Jesse a lot. About, a lot of times I talked to Dana because we were more of the back end. I mean, the tenant. Jesse's more of the bit overall kind of mastermind behind it all. We were more of the workhorses and I'd call Dana and just be bitching to her for like a half hour and she'd listen to me and <laughs> like, I need someone to vent. To. They're there. This before I was married too yeah. a lot of times. So, once I got married, Adrian is now it's now it's your job. Hear. She has to hear, but now she's in real estate, so now she knows. She it. knows you know the what pain. I'm about. She yeah. knows what I'm talking about. Oh, she gets it every day. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. especially Zillow leads. Yeah. yeah, I love those. So yeah, it's my last line of defense, and then um, and I just get to again set the expectations. This is all about setting expectations, managing expectations. You know what you're going to get. I didn't mention this, but they. When I'm meeting them, they get a PDF of the lease and I tell them, please read the lease. You're going to have questions. If you don't, that's suspicious. Dude, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so by the time I've met them, they've already read the lease. They have questions because our lease is, is 12 pages, 13 pages. Yeah. They make you do it. We have a separate maintenance addendum that like spells out what we fix, what they fix, what we're responsible for, what just everything. It's very, it's very detailed and comprehensive and you better read that thing and know what you're signing. Like, and, um, and people do, and most people do. And they, and they, they've got a bunch of questions, what they should, oh, they've got a handful of questions. People who have, I remember one time I was in Guatemala traveling and Jesse, I was the last day I was there and Jesse, he was, he had to rent a couple of his, he had to do my job, which he doesn't do very much. He's <laughs> not it just this stuff I've gotten good at. Cause I've just done it so much and it's just trial and error and you learn. I've done this hundreds of times now, so I have no, I can see patterns in people. And he's, he emailed me. It was our last, we were in Guatemala city getting ready to leave that day. And he emails me. He's like, should I be, <laughs> he's like, should I be worried? This chick just sent this, like took the lease and like, like kind of like a purchase agreement. She like crossed out like everything. She had this like two page list of demands of like, just the way she didn't want certain clauses to be struck, uh, to be taken out. And, 
And I just was like, have That's nice freaking day. NASCAR, like, yeah. flag, you know, just flags flying. Like, NASCAR. You know, like, <laughs> that's a Jesse not call. Like, it's our code where we're just like, if someone's like a lot of red flags, it's NASCAR. NASCAR. Bail. I love abort, it. Abort. I just texted him back on Google Voice. It was awesome. Free. And I was like, abort. I just like, <laughs> abort. I was like, abort. I'm like, abort that crap. Don't, don't forget that's that. That's funny. Should I be worried? Yes, you should yes. be. Yeah. Now, if someone has no questions, that's almost just, that's weird. And it's like, why do you have, do you read this or, I don't know. You should have like three, four questions. I don't know what the magic number is, but, cause there's some stuff that's strong, it's strong language. I mean, you should be, you should be a little concerned. Like, yeah, you're, you're signing a, a you contract. Don't know, you don't know me yet. You don't, we're ethical, but you don't know that I am. I could be a total just ass bag and you have no idea. So it's, um, so once they meet me, they feel, I mean, I'm an honest guy. I'm, well-mannered and I'm good people, I think, and I'm conversational and they, I'm calm and I've got a calming presence to me. Yeah, yeah no, you, you, <laughs> you don't even hardly seem like you get worked up half the time. No, yeah. I don't really. Yeah. So it's, so then they trust me and we build a rapport and it, everything works out. So, so what do you do when they stop paying? Um, or, or I'm assuming rent's due on the first. Yeah, usually. Yeah. All right. So what are they, what if they don't pay? Well, we, like I said, everything's on auto auto payment, so they have to. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, use, I forgot about that. Well, they have to. That's yeah. another, again. Insufficient funds bounce back. What do you do? Like, we're not waiting for a check. We're proactively taking the money from you. So we're in control, not you. You'd have to like write the letter to a bank or call your bank and tell them to cancel the account, or which has happened like once, I think, out of five years. So in order to not pay rent, this is key too. They have to contact me and say, usually it's the rents. The first is on a Tuesday. I don't get paid till Friday. Can you take it out on Friday? Sure. We have a $10 day late fee and they pay an extra of four days. They pay $30 in late fees. People pay willingly, About five, six, seven people a month pay a couple hundred dollars combined. All right. So you'll do it, but you, you make them pay. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And man. we set that up front. I mean, we set that up up front. It's, it's very, it's in our lease. We've got $10 a day. I don't know if that's, it's, we try to make it painful. It's not like usury, but it's just painful enough that you don't want to do it. Cause I really, I don't want to collect late fees. It's really not like some kind of money grab. I want people to pay on time. I want, I want no one to call me and I want the money to come into my account in five business days. And that's, but if, you've got a call and you're not responsible and you've gone to the strip club too many times or whatever. <laughs> like and you're, you don't, you don't have enough money to get you till your next payday. Then you're going to pay for that privilege. That's something I figured out in Detroit. When money gets tight, the squeakiest wheel gets the grease, yeah. right? So if you're all passive yeah. And there's no, exactly. yeah. there's no charge or it's easy going or it doesn't cost them anything, man, your shit goes to the end of the line. Yeah. You start fucking people up, all of a sudden you're at their way tippy top of the list, yeah. you know? You know, and I, I, I've i got a investor friend of mine, um, a brother who's a good friend of mine, just still does paper checks, and they've got 10 properties, and he can deal with it because it's only 10 properties, and he doesn't mind, and some people, he finally gets a check on the ninth, and he doesn't really care, and they've got, they have no mortgage on the property, and they, he just doesn't care. That's fine. When you got 50-some properties... And you got 50 some paper checks, money orders, money orders come in like $500 increments or whatever half the time. So you got three money orders for one. I mean, you could have like five or 
you know, a hundred some <laughs> pieces of paper, like yeah. to go to the bank. Why do that, they do that with money orders? By the way, I don't know if you fucking know. It's stupid. I have yeah. no idea. But um, as soon as you said, I, I had flashbacks when I had rentals in Detroit. Yeah, Bad so memories. You, you deal, and yeah. then you take it to the bank. Like money orders are good because, like, you know, the, the cash. But people write personal checks. They bounce. You don't find out till the fifteenth, and then that point, you know, blah blah blah. So it's the point is we're proactive, and we and literally. It's not an issue anymore. People pay. People pay late. We've got one woman who's like a couple months behind. We're I'm kind of working on her. She might be gone in the spring, but she's been with us for five years. I would never tolerate that. Was someone was new, but so. Um, but it has happened. I've had people that just just stop responding, and go through a law firm. It's happened. I I've evicted two people out of. And how long has this been? Now? Five five years over. Five Holy years. shit! That's it. Two people has never even gone the full. I mean, never up with the bail of taking the stuff out to the curb or anything like that. They just get the notice and they leave. Yeah, well, the one was the the bankruptcy chick. She waited till these these people know the laws. They wish she waited till like three hours before that was going to happen. She knew. Then um, they know they can. They you know you got to you file the seven day. We we send if even if people say um, this is a long way to answer your question, but people say I can't pay till the fourth. Runs due September first. I take that back. If they pay before the fifth, I don't send out the seven day notice. If if they're new, if they've been with us a while, I don't care. If it's after the fifth, it's a company rule. They get a seven day notice on this. We send it out on the second. It's accompanied with a letter, a very friendly letter, saying we're not threatening you. We're not. This is we love you. Like (laughs) like we're. This is just for legal purposes. We have to send this out. I don't know. I don't know what the letter said. I haven't read it in so long, but it's very past the peace pipe. Don't worry. If you're paying, there's no problem. We've already made arrangements with Mike. Don't worry about it. We just have to do this legally. We just have to do this to protect our butt, butt, you know, and it's not a big deal. Um, And literally the people that pay for the first time, sometimes they'll be like, call freaked out. Like, I just got a 70 notice. I told you I wasn't going to pay it all the fourth. And, you know, and, and I'm like, it's just company policy. It's legal, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I like that company policy. Yeah, I say it all the time. Memorize that, <laughs> memorize that, folks. Turns out I'm a company. Company policy says. So, so at most people, it's usually the same five people that pay late every month. It's the same five, six people. Um, they're so used to getting them now. They don't, they don't. I don't know if they the know same five, them. six people. I, I mean, I don't know if they've. Well, you know what Jeff calls it, right? What? His whiskey fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His late payments yeah. are his whiskey fund. Yeah, yeah, I'd be dead if I had that fund now. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a liver. Now. now I don't. <laughs> I just have the yeah, whatever. <laughs> or, whatever or whatever your thing is, you know. Yeah. Um, but actually, we do collect a ton of late fees, and it's actually extra income. Yeah, not on purpose. We do a thirty dollar bounce check fee. Well, you have to, man. That fucking bank is terrible about that we wanna, shit. We want to make it painful. We want to make it, like you said, have you to. got a bunch of bills you got to pay. We want to be the one you pay. Yeah, absolutely. You're gonna, it's going to be expensive if you don't pay. And to answer your original question, what do we do? That's what we spend the seven-day notice out. Very, I mean, very rarely does it ever go to like where I've got to contact the attorney, Trowbridge Law Firm. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a flat fee. Great. I can't think of her name right now because it's been so long since I've called her, but great contact over there they do it cheaply efficiently i don't go to court we're lc so i 
can't represent myself anyway. I wouldn't do that anyway. Yeah, why go to court? Yeah, it's a waste of time. Nothing good happens there, no, Ryan. Trust me. I don't need to go. I went yeah. one time at Oak Park, and it was a complete waste of time. But imagine um, doing it in Detroit. Yeah. Oh my god, they do everything for you. The judge judges so far with us have been pretty fair. Why aren't you paying rent? I, as far as I know, they get a get a judgment. They move out. Um, they're never collectible, so just write it off and move on. So you don't try and collect on them, or it's funny that um, some of the mine. I have a really too. embarrassing story that the December two thousand fourteen, I had a house that right after right after not the house I bought from you and Steve, but a different one that I was renting. Um, it was like late November. I took some chick that I. I, to this day, I'm like, I'm so, I'm ashamed of that I did this. Because <laughs> I'm on like, I read all the forums, like Bigger Pockets, Mr. Landler, or whatever. And like, you know, if you need to wait a month, better to wait a month and get a good tenant and just deal with the vacancy. Than Absolutely. Put a, put a right. marginal tenant in there. Yeah. What did I do? I fell for a marginal tenant and she, she was getting a divorce, didn't have a bank account. Should I, I mean, I made like literally every single mistake you could make because I was operating out of fear. And I really wanted to get this house filled before Christmas. And um, it turns out, I found out later on, she had literally false, she had forged, falsified everything, credit report, bank, um, bank statement, pay stubs, everything was, was fraud, was forged. Which that's I, a lot I of work. I found out that, I guess that's more common than I didn't, I did never have it to me. I, t- I felt like I just completely fucking internet over a table. And yeah. Just, it's the, dude, they're getting good at that shit. Yeah. It's ama- It was amazing. Cause I, I, it was funny because the chick was like 35. And when I really looked at this, it was a mortgage credit report, you know, the mortgage lenders pull. And I started really, when once things really went south and she just wasn't paying and dropped off the face of the earth, it wasn't taking my calls. I really was studying her documents. I'm like, where did I go wrong? Because I want to know when I made the mistake. And I'm, <laughs> I'm reading this credit report and it says credit date open 1992 or 1989. I'm like, wait, so this chick was nine years old. She got a credit card. Wait a minute. Like it been first glow, <laughs> <is>, right? <laughs> like and she had like a 780 credit score, or like with something I'm like and she's freaking two hours late to the lease signing. Like, and I'm thinking like later in hindsight, I'm looking back going, what person with a 780 credit score is late? Like who's seems like a chicken with their head cut off, it doesn't have their crap together, is frazzled, like is like throwing money orders out and she doesn't even know, she doesn't even know, does, know how much money she has and she's giving me part of it in cash. Like this, that's not just, a good sign. Just a yeah. bunch. I mean, literally I made every single mistake you could possibly make. Cause I just wanted to get this house full filled. And uh, it's embarrassing cause I knew better at that point. The first time I didn't know any better. And, um, the other screening tip I have is if, if someone is more than 10 minutes late to a lease signing or a security deposit done, <laughs> done. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, the last person I had, this guy was like literally like a minute late and he texted me. He's like, I'm running one a minute late. You know, I'll be there. Like, that's the kind of person you want. Hell yeah. Cause that's how they pay their rent then. Cause they care. I, I'm almost never late. Yeah. And if I'm going to be late, you're going to yeah. know the second, usually 30 to 40 minutes before. And then actually coming for me, I'm actually not punctual. I'm actually, I'm, my wife, hate, one of my flaws I'm trying to work on, but when I'm late, I tell people I'm going to be late, but I have a tendency of being 10 to 15 minutes late a lot of times. Which is not good, but so you would not rent to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would for other factors, but uh, but um, the chick was late. If you're late to, it's like it's like a job interview. You're two hours late to a job interview. Like you know, hire that employee. Hell no, you know what I mean. It's like come on. So she falsified everything, and she was 
didn't have a bank account because she was going through a divorce. I bought all this hook, line, and sinker. And then she prepaid up through March, which was just the old money that she didn't pay her old landlord or the money she didn't pay her previous landlord that she that she collected from not paying rent the last place. Moved into my house, gave me that money. Then did the March same 1st thing. rolls around, nothing. Supposed to drop off a check, never happened. And but the good thing is, is I didn't get that. I mean, I got him. I was pissed at myself. I wasn't pissed at her actually. Cause Mike Butler always talks about like who gave her the keys. I gave her the keys. That's a good, I can't, I can't, I, like, like I can't, I can't be like, how dare she do steal from me? Like I let her do that. I knew, I knew better. I made a bad decision and I paid for it to the tune of like seven grand or something. Again, it was one of my houses. <laughs> Ouch. So, so, um, so, but anyway, I mean, it was just went through the legal process, sent the seven day notice. Of course, she goes in there with a sad ass, sad story, like whatever. My mom died. Like, I think she said her mom died like four different times in like two months. <laughs> and um, so she got an extension. They usually always give people an extension. I fucking so by the time that. I actually got DTE her. DTE doesn't do yeah, that. By the time the I got her out was like, this was March, April, May. She was out like in the late, in late May, maybe. And of course, she literally like. They put the note on the doors and your stuff's going to take out at the curb, whatever that is. And, uh, she was gone like two days before that. Cause she knows the system. She's probably done it. Oh, and I did not run a background check on this chick to this day. I don't remember why I didn't I have no idea. So for f- just for the hell of it, I went and I ran a background check on her after the fact. She had like 10 evictions, but a huge criminal record and professional liar and thief. So, folks, don't do what I did. <laughs> Follow everything I just said. Don't deviate from it. Just do the background. If, if I just would have done the background check, I mean, it would have been over. And but again, I, I actually thank her because it. I that's a good attitude. I've man. learned that if you have to let a house sit for a couple extra weeks, a month, even whatever, let it sit. Find the right person. That person will come along. It always has for us. And it's been fine. I mean, I ran it out to another person. They've been there for the last 14, 15 months. Great tenants. Never paid late. They've so she cost you called. seven grand. What would it have cost you not to rent that house out during the winter? Um, Maybe a grand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Maybe I like what you said. You're operating from a place of fear. Oh, yeah. No, I totally was. Yeah. yeah. Total fear. I didn't, I was impatient. Wanted to get it done. I want to be done with it. It was like the holidays were coming up. I don't remember what I was thinking exactly, but, um, so yeah, bad idea. So I have the opposite problem. I don't really feel fear. Yeah. So I like just charge in like, well, I have to do like the opposite thing. I'm like, wait a second. Would a normal person be afraid in this situation? Yeah. If the answer is yes, I have to ignore how I feel. So I, I have it, but that we all have problems like that, right? Like you, the, the feedback yeah. sometimes you're getting from your brain does not accurately yeah. f- reflect reality, right? Yeah. Especially people like this girl. I call them uh, empathy vampires, right? <laughs> yeah. They're 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 just great at spinning a tail, yeah. so, you know, to, to come white knight and save me, and you could do a good yeah. deed. I'm such a good person. I just need a hand up, and oh, God. oh my, you, you know, you've heard it all. So she bent me over. Oh yeah, just. Elbows on the table, that's what we call it. Just <laughs> Elbows on the table. <laughs> Hold still. Just a freaking stick in my mouth on the table. Just- <laughs> Seven grand, yeah. <laughs> I'd almost rather, you know. It'd be over quicker. 
<laughs> I go take some yeah, therapy. Yeah, right 500 now. bucks. I don't know what that costs. You know? <laughs> I just did. Okay. I got over it. And I said, I still have five grand in my pocket. Yeah. yeah. Five grand. So other than that, as far as people not paying, I mean, it just, like I said, we got one chick that's months behind, but she's making payments. And I have another person that I do. She pays half the, every time there's a, every Friday, she pays half the rent. So she pays bi-monthly. So we'll kind of work with people that way. And then when people get into trouble, you know, we just, just, okay, you got to move out, you know, work, work, you know, that's happening here and there. People just go over. And they just move out. They move out. No problem. That's awesome. I mean, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. It yeah, sucks, no, no, but, but they're, they're, they're people of their word. They but they don't trash out. the house yeah. and they just, they got to move. They and, clean it on the way out too. Yeah. And we let them break their lease and we have an early lease termination fee that we, that we let people pay a month and a half's rent if they want to break their lease. And someone just did that and that was good. So we give people an out, but, um, other than that, pretty much everyone gets caught up and 90% of the people pay on time every month. So it's not really, or they pay the late fee and whatever. So what I'm hearing is you do all the work up front. Exactly. And if you do all the work up front, you don't have all this bullshit in the end. Yeah. That's why whenever I, you know, I'm on forums or I hear, and I feel for people around the RDI Facebook page and people are like, I got this tenant and they're whatever, you know, fill in the blank. I just want to, I don't ever, I probably start doing it. I'm like, who gave him the keys? Yeah. Who gave him the keys? Man, you've had a couple of good ones like that. Yeah. Who you did. Who gave him the keys? Yeah. So that's a really like, positive attitude. I can say attitude, that because though. I, I was a dipshit too. Oh uh, yeah. We all thing. were, man. It's, it's, it's yeah. like a trial by fire. You don't yeah. listen. You have to go out and learn. I don't know why we have to learn yeah. all these lessons the hard way. Yeah. I'm glad you shared about that too. No, you bring, it's the front end work that I've learned. If you put, and obviously I just went over a ton of, it's work. It's dead. It is work. We've cut out a lot of the crap. Like we don't deal with agents anymore. We don't have to worry about showing the houses because they, people show their own, they show it to themselves with the seek, the key sign out. And we got the web thing with the deal with paper and faxes and scanning and, and, um, we've kind of systematized. When I say we, I want to say mostly Jesse, but <laughs> thank you, Jesse. <laughs> I've had some ideas, but he's the one who's able to do a lot of this stuff. He's Dude, that man has a checklist yeah, for everything. Yeah. I'm trying to be like Jesse. No, that's and that's how I got this. Uh, my handy lease. This thing's. You can, I can see. I got like. Yeah, you, you got know, a whole pile of papers here, folks. I got ones that didn't make the cut, and you can. See it's it's amazing how when you just get a checklist, and I just follow the checklist. Sometimes I go out of order, and Josh Sterling always told me he's like, you know, his airline pilot the analogy were you need to do it. So like someone can take over for you, like, you know, an employee or, cause I, I right now, if I'd have to rework this, if I wanted to replace myself, cause right now it's kind of dependent on me. A lot of it's not, but some of it is, it's like, I'm kind of be hard to train someone in what I do. And I have to rework it and go, just you do this step in this order. Sometimes I go out of order. Sometimes I will check their Facebook page first and I'll do, you know, it'd be a good idea to do set it up now. So everything is, just exactly in order. So, but, uh, yeah, he told me about the, that even if you can do one step in a different order, you don't, you do it the exact same way every time. That's sort of what I do now. So it's, well, yeah, cause it works. all of this is attempting to take human failure out of the equation, yeah. right? You're trying to figure out who's telling the truth and who's not. And you're trying to n- ignore your feelings and focus on facts, right? Exactly. 
Yep. And that's, that's what it all this is. And you do all the work up front and you have a lot less bullshit to deal with on the end. Yeah. People get into trouble. They buy people's stories. I remember I heard, I don't know who told me, either you got a story or you have, a, you have the money. I'm like, <laughs> I got a lot of good ones on You either work. have a story or the money. Man, that's hardcore right there. Hashtag real clubs. talk. Yeah. <laughs> Lady. It's, tr- it's true. Though. I don't want your story. I want your money. It's true. You got a story. You got, you have the money. And it's yeah. like, I, I did it. I did it like in the first year where I, people were like, Oh, check this out. I had the money, but at blood, you know, whatever. Doesn't even it's matter. Like, yeah. You know. Doesn't even matter. And you just, and you don't, you just treat it like, you know, a lot of we used to use agents are like, you guys are too, you guys are too excessive or you guys are too, whatever. I don't feel, I can't remember what they said. Good. And they're like, it's like you guys are taking a mortgage application. And I was like, that's a, I'm like, I'm so glad you said that. I'm going to use that now. Cause it is like, I'm underwriting. I'm like an underwriter. You are. And I'm like, I'm so, I was, I can't remember who told me that, but I'm like, thank you for telling me. She didn't mean it as a compliment. She might be some, <laughs> probably some fucking socialist loser, right? <laughs> She's like, it's, she, it's like you guys are like night. trying, the people are trying to apply for a loan. I'm like, they kind of are because yeah. they're going to be paying for my loan that I have with my lender. So I'm going to underwrite them. I'm going to underwrite the hell out of them. So do you think people like that? Well, thank you. Um, I'm no longer going to work with you now. I appreciate yeah. the opportunity and uh, have a nice day. And a lot of these realtors too, it's like, they don't care. They want their 600, $600 commission. They'll put whoever in your house. Some are more ethical than others, but a lot of people, they don't, they could care less what these people have them. I'm at, I used to ask them for stuff and they would be like, why do you need that? Well, I think that's a little excessive. I wouldn't tell my client ever to hand over that. And I'd be okay. Like, and I mean, for and back when I used to argue with people, I don't do anymore. But yeah, um, no, I'd be like, really? I'm like, have you ever own any houses? No. You that would be why. Properties? No. I'm like, you know, what, if you're in my position, you put someone in there, and that person can't pay anymore, and I've got to spend thousands of dollars to get them out and to re-rent in there, and they just hang up. Or I don't yeah. know. They just go away. They go away. Know. Yeah. There's a lot of people looking know at this, exactly looking at what their, you I want do. my six hundred dollars for doing nothing for turning a key. Which is why we went to the key sign-out system because Jesse and I were like, we're basically paying people $600 to take a key, put it in the door and turn it and open the, the knob. That's a $600 to do that because I did the rest of the work. It's not like they had all their, you know, I did like pulling teeth trying to get all the information from these realtors. Basically, I had a middleman that sucked. <laughs> Who's bad at their job? Yeah, where I just could go direct to the tenant, what I do now. Argue with easier. you. Don't like, even own rental property. I'd be talking they'd just the agent, be like, "Yeah, she said this and that." I'm like, "I, I could just hear from her directly. Why am I talking to you?" Yeah, like so. Yeah, but just get rid of the agents. I'm. I, <laughs> it's funny because I joined this. There year. are good ones. There have been good ones. But I know, yeah. but I never miss an opportunity to trash agents. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I know I am one, but don't hold that against me, folks. I can't wait <laughs> I for the too, next yeah. market downturn. Yeah. So ninety percent of these yeah. people, I, I say this every day at the office. As you can tell, I'm I'm well loved here. Um, they should be selling pencils from a cup on the side of the fucking road. <laughs> and I can't wait till they're back to doing that again. Yeah. And I can't wait until this whole realtor thing is fucking destroyed. I really yeah. can't. You know, if you're good at your job, you don't need government regulation to force people to use you to buy or sell a home. Yeah. If you add value, they will use you because you're so beneficial, you know? So I can't wait yeah. for that day. Everybody tells me it's never going to happen. Maybe yeah. it won't, but I can keep hoping. <laughs> I yeah. keep hoping. All the sad people. Yeah. All right, man. Anything else you want to talk about that we have? Uh, the only other about? thing I'll talk about, I'll just 
run through this briefly is just managing the tenant when they're in the house. Okay. And that is just as simple as having a team of, you know, we have an HVAC company. We don't even employ, actually, no, we do have an assistant now who does a lot of the work that Dana used to do. That's heating and cooling folks. So, sorry, I'm jumping around. We do have a part-time assistant that we use, but um, we've got a lot of contract. We've got a heating and cooling company. You need that. People's air furnace goes out in winter or summer. They're going to be upset. You want to get that taken care of quickly. Uh, yeah, as fast as possible. And so basically I'm asking, it's a, it's a, it's a trade-off. I'm asking you for a lot of information to move into our house, but I'm going to give you something in return. I'm going to give you great service, great house. And if something breaks in your house, we're going to fix it. We're not going to be slumlords. We're not going to nickel and dime. We're not going to, you know, unless you, there's, you actually broke something and it's obvious you did. You're not going to get charged for it. You know, and we, like I said, a heating and cooling company, we have a sewer line company. A lot of people don't like sewage back up at their house. That does happen sometimes. We take care of it quickly. We've had to replace sewer lines, which cost two couple grand. We just do it because it's the cost of, it's why our tenants stay with us as long as they do. And Jesse and I have a saying, like the only reason why we want people to leave is because they, they can't afford it anymore. And it's nothing that has nothing to do with us or they buy a house, which they should. Never because they want to move, they want something better or they want to move someplace. That I is like better. that. I never, never for like something better. I, I don't, if someone moves because they can get a better deal and better service, then we're not doing our jobs right. And I take that crap personally. Like, you know, I'm good at Jesse's way. He's the visionary. I'm kind of like the, I don't know. What is that? The CEO, the CEO. Where the metal meets the meat is what I call it. I'm right? like the guy that I make sure everything like runs with like operations manager. Operations. I'm really yeah. good at operations. If I did that whole disc thing, like, I don't know. I'm not good at like big ideas and give me a system and I'll work the hell out of it. Like, and I'm reliable and I'll come consistent. I don't, my mood doesn't change. You know me. That disc, <laughs> like that disc test, by the way, folks, what is, what is it called? It's like a personality. I've never taken it, but I keep hearing it on your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so already know. It, if you go to Anthony guy. Robbins or, or go search, do a Google search for a disc test. I have to do this because yeah. when you're listening, so if you're out of country, you don't know what we're talking about. It's fucking yeah. annoying, you know? So <laughs> you know, if you just go and Google it, you can take it. Or um, if you're a Keller Williams agent already, if you're interested in being one, they have one you can take. There's also several different varieties. The idea behind it, and it's... um semi-scientific so that means there's um um not causation but uh when i'm fucking i'm long day here so um it is as a leading indicator what you may or may not be good at but it's only a snapshot of where you're at currently too it does change as you go through life and you can change it but uh gives you an idea of currently what you'd rather do and what you're good at some operations plug me into the community system and i'll I'll go for it. I'll get it done. And that's kind of what I've done the last five years. And it's just kind of our roles are naturally, we've got very separation of duties. Sometimes it overlaps. Most of the time we, he's responsible for his stuff. I'm responsible for our stuff and it runs pretty well. 90 some percent of the time. And it's, there's checks and balances. There's, we're intertwined. So, you know, it just keeps everyone honest and, that works. So anyway, back to the maintenance, I'll just quickly go through this. The sewer guy, the HVAC guy, we've got a garage door guy. He's freaking awesome. <laughs> and a uh, handyman that just for basic plumbing, like electrical shower, hand- 70 some percent of your calls are going to be plumbing, leaky shower handles, leaky faucets, 
toilets, whatever. And you want them to call you with that because that's a cheap yeah. fix. But if you ignore yeah. it, it gets really, yeah. it gets bad. So, and, um, we just, they, te- everyone texts me now. No one calls, which is awesome. I've trained them to do that. Um, <laughs> we get on it quickly. We just, we got good people that take care of us because we pay them quick, quickly. And <laughs> we don't nickel and dime our contractors. We don't, we just, we treat everyone well. We give, send everyone, we have our vendor of the month thing where we send people gift cards for the hell of it. Cause they, we appreciate them. They do a good job for us. And when you got three air conditioners go out in one day and people are hot, and they're pissed. You don't want some dude in a pickup truck that, which has actually happened to us where you cause a bunch of excuses of why you couldn't get them done. And you want that crap done. Yeah. No, fuck <laughs> that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah. So you, people you are happy. Lot, people yeah. are happy. Tenants paid rent. Hey, run on time. You, you have know. a lot of expectations, yeah. but you deliver too. Exactly. No, yeah. and I want to make that clear is I don't want to be like, I hate to me on like Facebook, there's a lot of this like machismo, machismo. What is that word? Yeah. Machismo. I call it bullshit. But yeah, whatever. There's a lot of masculine, like F my tenants, like, like they're my slaves and screw them. They better pay or I'm a, yeah, that's a pretty negative attitude. You know, and like this, no, but I see it on Facebook yeah. a lot. There's very like us versus them. I want it to be symbiotic and I want, it's like an, my employees, I take care of them. They take care of me. And like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, these people making you a shit ton of money. They are, they are. You want to take care of them. They are. And I want them to stay because I freaking hate vacancy. It's a pain in the ass. So, and so I ask them for a lot and we give a lot and that's, I don't know. I, I never, think that's fair. You know, I, early on I used to fight with tenants sometimes and like, you know, cause back then we didn't have as clear expectations and we just weren't as good cause we were new. I'd fight and argue and it was like, so stupid. This doesn't accomplish anything. I haven't fought with a tenant over like two, some years. I mean, never, not even with the chick that bent me over the table, the, you know, who I had to, with the false documents. I never raised my voice at her. I just was, I, in fact, I never even called her because we use Google voice. So all the texts are all, there's records of everything of it. So if I ever need to print them out, record, whatever, it's all there, you know, what they're saying, you know, that's an excellent point. You mind if I interrupt? Oh yeah, go ahead. I had, um, I decided several years ago, especially if you don't come from a good family background or you don't have healthy habits when it comes to things like that. I decided several years ago, I don't raise my voice to people and yeah. they don't raise their voice to me. Yeah. And the second they do, the conversation's over. And I had a disagreement with someone here at Keller Williams yeah. and they started to raise their voice. And I said, come back. Boy, they did not like that. Come back and talk to me. You're not. Yeah. If you find yourself raising your voice or working with people who raise yeah. their voice, you just have to enforce that. That's an yeah. excellent point. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but you, no, just na- you hit the nail just, on the it's head. It's just about personal responsibility and ownership. Like, if these people are all confused, you know, it's I, we're not doing our jobs right. Like now that everything's very pretty clear, I don't have angry tenants anymore. They don't. No one gets. Like I said I just I can't remember the last time I've had an argument or a fight because it's just like refer to your lease. You know, we had a lot of bugs this summer because it was super hot and people were, once in a while would call and be like, I have some spiders and we had, or at least we don't deal with pest control unless it's like an absolute outbreak of like carpenter ants or termites or whatever. We just don't deal, we don't get some, get a can of raid or whatever, you know, do, take care of on your own. And they magically take care of on their own. When they know they can't call me and have me come deal with it, they just, they, they solve the whole problem. Yeah, you have a maintenance addendum that clearly or, identifies. Or, or it's funny how it works when they realize that they have to pay for something, they end up not doing it. Why <laughs> is that? It's good enough. Why yeah. is that? Because when you, they don't have to pay for it, it's an emergency. They want it done. But when they have to pay for it themselves, eh, it's not that important. I'd rather 
pay my cable bill and have 500 channels or 500. <laughs> I need 500 different things to you know, watch. So it's, but yeah, we have a really, we have a great handyman, a crew and, um, just, I don't know, just all our trades people. And, um, Mr. Joe Delia. Yeah, we're still going, man. <laughs> I was actually just going to say something nice about you. That, that's actually something Joe has helped me with, with arguing with people. I don't argue with people anymore. I try my best, especially online. And I don't, I try not to slip up in real life. So yeah, I just love my favorite thing from you is, uh, your post has changed my political views. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's right. Mr. Delia is right. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for stopping in, Joe. Right, it's good to see you. Yep. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, improving me daily. Yeah, Joe, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, there's a uh, tent screening, front end work, get the people in the house. You take care of them when they're in the house. Yeah, take care of them really well. You expect a lot from them. You better you better deliver, right? Yeah, it's a two way street. Yeah, like I said, I can't stand the the negative, aggressive vibe of some landlords or like. You know, yeah, it doesn't I'm need to be destroyed. This per, you know, it's like yeah. Take some responsibility. You gave them the freaking keys. They're in your house now. Just go through the legal channels. Deal with it. You take a loss. It sucks. I've done it. I think some people like the combat, though. You know. I think fine. Good for them. I better be happy. They're yeah. right. I don't. I want to get paid. <laughs> I want to get paid, and I want to not. I don't get any kind of satisfaction or arguing or fighting with people. So. So let's. I'm gonna steal this back now. Oh yeah, go ahead. Anything else? Oh, we also take detailed pictures before and after. Video. Oh, I love that video too. Yeah, it's good because we use everybody's Dropbox. So whenever someone calls now and it's like my such and such is broken, or and I'm able to look reference a picture and know, oh, that's galvanized, or like I just can see it because like, I take it under this. I take really Jesse of all people one time I was like, you take so many pictures. Good. That's like man, for Jesse to say that. That's like. <laughs> that's one of my things because i started off like pictures. 30 yeah. and went to 50 and then i was like 60 as i started going on i'm like yeah you, like, i'm the one who gets the call so do underneath the sink 100 to 150 for a single fan three traps, bedroom yeah the shower handles i want to know what kind of shower the original 50s ones i want to know the plump plump plumbing galvanized copper packs i want to know the, the age of the furnace the age of the hot water heater i want to know the electrical panel where it is in the basement because if I'm on the phone or I need to tell someone, go here, I'm, I'm able to just look at the pictures and be like, oh, it's over there. They don't know. Man, I fucking love well, this. Well, and, and you know, when I'm doing the lease, after I go through the lease, we don't have time, I'm going to go through the lease, but I walk around the entire house with them and show, here's how you shut the water off. Here's your water meter. This is your gas meter. Because when I, you know, that chick who didn't know what the furnace was, I learned from that. that You're first like, time. no, yeah, they're not going to let that happen so I'm again. like, here's your furnace. Here's how you change the filter. Here's the filter size. We have it on the side of the, of the furnace, the size. Um, everything. I can't get into all. There's like for the lease. There's a whole from Jesse checklist of utility transfers, renters insurance. Everything's a checklist, and it's just now it's all Dropbox. Everything goes in Dropbox. Each, fucking love each property Dropbox. has its own folder, and everything's dated, so I can go back. What our house look like at two? If someone says that it was already like when someone moves out, they're like, oh, that was already like that. I can go back to the picture and be like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Or it was. Sometimes I'm, or, or I just didn't remember because we got so many properties now. Or it was like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. It wasn't. Someone we like docked them for like, for uh, taking, I can't remember what it was, but it was legitimate. They actually didn't do anything wrong. And we actually, we actually gave them money back. We sent them like a $100 check. 
because we docked their sorry deposit. yeah no and they, and they were right and i just uh, it's an oversight on my part and i saw that they were actually because i had all the pictures i saw they were they were actually telling the truth so it keeps everyone honest so dude i love i love taking the pictures i yeah. I've never been in a situation where I go, you know what? I wish I had less pictures. Yeah. I, I just, I've always, yeah. every time, that's why I take so many. I've always like, shit, why didn't I take a picture of that? It's the easiest thing to do. It's, Especially it's, digital. You can be, I mean, you do I do it myself still, phone, but I, yeah. that's something I could easily pass off to someone else. I mean, it just, it's just, you just take a lot of pictures and there can never be too much, pretty much. So, dude, yeah. I fucking love it. You're talking to somebody who loves taking pictures. Yeah. I take pictures of everything. Then the move out, move out process. We someone says they're moving out. Usually it's because their lease expired. Or this year I think we had five move outs out of fifty some. So it's not that bad. And so it is. Send like them a 5%. move out checklist. Yeah. <laughs> checklist to how the house is expectations. Here's what we expect the house to look like. Here's what the price is for if something's broken. Ooh, I like it. So and then we do the walkthrough, and sometimes they're angry and. Sometimes they don't feel like they're entitled. They don't feel like cleaning. We're like, well, it's okay. There's a hundred bucks. We need to clean. They're like, oh, I could clean this place for 20 bucks. It's like, well, then you, you should have. Yeah. Because I can't find anyone to do it for that. I got to get a couple guys here in a crew. And it's Tell you what, hours. I'll give you 20 bucks if you clean. Yeah. <laughs> we have this whole, like, you got to leave. We want our light bulb in every fr- every fixture. And people like have like half the house is missing light bulbs. They're like, and they huff and puff. And then. The cool thing is there's no mystery. It was in your your packet. You got it. Like you you knew about it. You just you just want me to go easy on you because whatever. But to, to that I, I I said to this one woman, I said, Oh, she's cool. And we end up it was fine at the end. But I remember I said, Well, if I let you off and just gave your whole security deposit back, what does that say to the people that do the right thing and clean and leave the house in good shape and do what they're supposed to do? What does that what does that say to them? That says that why did I even do that work? I would have got it back if I would have not left the place clean. See, just being consistent, you know, it's like it's not it's nothing personal. I'm not, you know. The standard is what the sex. standard is. Yeah. yeah. I don't give a shit about I like your your other yeah. thing you said earlier. The story or the money. You have one of them. <laughs> I don't want your fucking story. I don't like cleaning story. either, but yeah. man, when I moved Save out of Ferndale, I cleaned the hell out of that apartment. It was a crappy or of the house. It's a crappy house. And my wife and I did the same thing. We yeah. cleaned out. I when we lost yeah. I lost house of foreclosure. We cleaned the fucking thing out. Yeah, it's just a it's just morality. I don't. I don't Which know. was stupid, I, I guess. Know. I turned over a clean house to whatever. It felt like the right thing to do. Yeah, because you have character. <laughs> you have integrity. I guess. I, yeah, <laughs> I think you have integrity. I think that's what it is. I don't yeah. know. I didn't want to. I didn't want to turn over I a shit too, house. So, uh, yeah, even though know. it was silly. You know. Guess so. what? I did make him do too. Evict me. You know. Yeah. Knew yeah. I couldn't pay. You know, got the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, and like like I said, we've had a couple people that have had to move out, and I appreciate people that just are like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I try to stretch them to the March thirty first point. Well, we've had to reduce some rent just to kind of squeeze them into that point because it's just it's it's beneficial to us to just get them to those winter months because trying to rent a house in the winter sucks. I mean, it just it and then utility bills too, like an alligator eating utility at your bills, property. and it's just there's less people looking to rent a house. Who the hell wants to move in like in January? That's very people, pragmatic. Usually people that move are, they have to. It's probably not a good reason. Not always, but it's just not a, usually people move in the warmer months. Just so if I can get them to, I might lose three or $400 in rent because I'd reduce their rent. But if I can get them just through that April 1st death and then I can, they can move out. We give them their security deposit back. I mean, we're totally fair. I mean, I mean, not nickel and diming. I mean, it's just, I don't know. That's just kind of how we, that's how we operate. 
expect a lot, but we give a lot. It just it works. So it does. Whatever. I'm impressed by it. That's why I want to have you on the podcast. So I've also been on the other end too of doing all the stupid landlord mistakes. Right? Yeah. I think you appreciate it more when you've been beat up. You know? Oh yeah. You're like, damn, that's some good shit. Yeah. You know. If you if you have never owned rental property, this might be a little boring for you. You know, yeah. like oh, I would never do that. Whatever. Yeah, it's you know, and it's funny too is I'm actually not like a I'm thicker skin now, and I'm not I'm not even that even that cynical anymore. I just kind of it is what it is. Like pragmatic. Someone, yeah, people. A lot of times, the people that pay late don't even tell me why they're paying late anymore. They used to be like, oh, I'll check this out. <laughs> I got I got to pay on Friday because um, this one guy said my it was around Easter, and he's like, my wife really wants our kids to have new Easter clothes for Sunday. So I gotta, I gotta please the wife. And I'm like, okay, all right. It's expensive. It's going to cost you $90, not including the Easter clothes, but in late fees, but he wanted to pay that. You know what? <laughs> you know, and, and I can't make people's priorities for them. That's their priorities. I let, I, I tell this to Gina all the time. Let people make the decision they want to make. Yeah. I don't know what the best decision is for you. I just, it's going to cost not you the best decision, but Hey, it's up to maybe it's about getting laid. Sometimes yeah. it's worth doing it because you know you get laid. <laughs> people have been married long enough don't know. <laughs> Sometimes but you got to do literally something most like of the time now people text me cuz we use a service called Easy Text. Have you heard of it? No. Where it's like a mass texting service people get on the usually the 26th, 27th of every month do a it's free too for the first 500 texts a month, a text blast. So what is it? Easy Text. Easy Text. I started doing this about a year ago. Because we stopped doing paper statements. Is it easytext.com? Like e, the letter E, letter Z, text.com. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we stopped doing paper statements. We realized it was a lot of money and postage and paper, and most people don't even look at it. And um, so we just do a text now, and it just says, hello, exclamation point. Your rent is due this Friday, the f- whatever, the first, or whatever it is. And please make sure your account's funded. Thank you, or whatever it says. And and because most people communicate by text now and they get that text and they're like, oh, crap, I don't have any money. Hey, Mike, can you take the rent on on the third or the fifth? Or, and I'm like, yeah, sure. And they don't even say like, oh, man, check this out. <laughs> I, you'll never believe this story. Like <laughs> they don't say that anymore. You're right. I won't. Some people still do because they just feel like they have to try to cover it, like spend something like it's not their fault. But usually people just are like. No, I just can't pay till the ninth. They don't even tell me why. I don't care why. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because after the fifth, you're going to get the seven day notice, but whatever. I like it, man. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, it just, does, hey, you make the best decision you need to make. I'll tell you though, I mean, I spend less time managing the 53 houses than I ever did managing the first 10. I mean, like, it doesn't, you get the systems and the processes tightened up and not that we're perfect, but like, but it, it really, I don't spend that much. The most I work is April through June, which is when we have the turnover. And then I've got to do the move outs and the screening and all the thing I just went through. But those three months can be a little heavy depending on how many turnovers we have. But heavy for me, meaning like 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week, but um, maybe a full 40 sometimes. But uh, the, rest, so. the rest of the nine months, it's just not. Once in a while, I think we got a chick moving out October 31st, which probably will be the only knock on wood, the only vacancy we have till the next spring. But I mean, it's been, I think I got called or texted on Friday about some maintenance thing, but it's Wednesday today, right? It is. Yeah. I don't, I mean, nothing's happened since then, but so that's why I hear people are like, I don't know how 
if I had this many properties, I'd have a heart attack or I wouldn't be like, yeah, the way I'm, you do it. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing just great. <laughs> I can't take all the credit for it. It's a lot of it's Jesse. A lot of it's me. We've kind of done this together, but trial and error getting raped for the first couple of years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's exactly. It wasn't always like. like this, but now it's like now, like when we, I get a new property, just plug it into the system. And it's all front end work. Like it's, yeah, it's annoying. I had to buy it, renovate it, oversee that whole thing, and then get the permits inspected or whatever and get the tenant in there. But once it's, one is running, it's just like you just add another piece and it's, it's no work, no more work than 53 is not any, is no more work than the 20, than 25 or 26. I mean, it's literally, it's, I don't say, I almost say less work. I don't know. I just, Cause you get the economies of scale kind of thing going on. So, so lots of economies of scale. <laughs> I like it, man. I had a great yeah. time. You have a good time. I did, man. I had fun time talking fun. to stories. Yeah. I hope everybody else enjoys landlording stuff. I've been paying attention cause I, I'm prepared to come roaring and ready out of the gates here another year. Or so get the rest of my fucking life cleaned yeah. up, you know, <laughs> by the way, folks, the reason, one of the reasons why I do this podcast is you can avoid a lot of the mistakes that people like, uh, uh, Mr. Dundon and I have made and they are expensive. Now, some of them you're going to feel like you have to go out and make and by all means make the best decision you can, but uh, skip as much of the bullshit as you possibly can. And, uh, we, we hope it's helpful. He got, he's looking at his list of notes here. Did you miss something? I did. There's one thing back going back to 10 screen. I got, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. No, let's get it out, man. If someone says they're currently living with family friends and they're not paying rent, it's very bad. And the only exception is that they just have a ton of money in the bank. But <laughs> when they're when they're living with family and friends, maybe legitimate. I don't know. People have hard times, falling hard times. But they're paying rent, and then you get their bank statement. They have no money. If you do the math, yeah, that's not going to work. They have no money when they're not when they have no bills. What happens when they have? I thought if they don't have any money, in their that's exactly now, what I was going to say. <laughs> what happens when they have a thousand dollar a month rent plus utilities? Not going to make. No. You need to keep. It's... You need to keep staying in mom's basement so you have money. <laughs> yeah. And then you that's should probably say. start like, paying her. And actually, rent. I'll even tell people it's like. So you haven't been paying. It's like, you know, I'm like, so you should have a lot of money saved up now, though, right? And they're like, Yeah, um, about about that. that. Check this out. <laughs> I got a story for that. I knew it was coming. <laughs> About that. And then the other thing is just like, if someone's coming from a $550, $550 month rental and they want to rent your $1,200 house and they don't have that much money and they're marginal with their income and they seem to struggle paying the $550, it's probably not going to be work out well to rent your $1,200 house. And this sounds ridiculous, stupid and simple, but I, that's why I have my little tennis screen cheat sheet. I didn't, I didn't, think about that stuff the first couple years i just didn't i didn't do simple math i guess because i'm I'm dumb whatever but now i'm like 550 to a thousand i want someone that's maybe at 850 and they're going to a thousand that's a reasonable jump you can probably handle that you know or something comparable or people are overextended they're living in farms and hills paying 1800 and they are getting smart and realize they want to not spend as much and they can pay us 12 or whatever that's fine but it's got to be somewhat, it's got to make sense. It's got to make like, you know, they're running for 900 and then they're going to rent from us for a thousand. Those people always make it. They're always trying to be good tenants. So 
I had to throw that in there because that's a no. That's a good one. Gonna, you'll see that a lot. Yeah, you'll see that a lot. Like on the application, you know, address somewhere in Detroit, rent five hundred. You better have a ton of money here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's got to be an offsetting factor. I, I mean, maybe I've maybe something. Maybe I've let someone like that in my house. I'm not sure, but I think it comes back to what you said earlier. It's got to make sense. And if you exactly. can't, if you can't make it make sense, it's an, it probably doesn't. Exactly. If it's too good to be true, it is. Yeah, it has to make sense. Like I feel like people do that where they just magically think something's going to work. They want to believe in the person. They want to give them a chance. I never heard of that. And they want to give them a chance. I don't understand that at all. And we don't run a charity, so yeah, no. Yeah. And I don't think running charities about chances either. Yeah. yeah. If you want to do it. No, that's a fucking good point. That's it. That's all I have to say. That's awesome, dude. Do you have anything else? Um, if you get someone who has a pension or social security, very good. Older people, retired people, best tenants ever. That's, because their next move is to the grave or a nursing home. So you got somebody for a long time. No. Man. Hey, <laughs> life is what it is. People are born. Because unless the government die. defaults on social security, which I doubt is gonna happen anytime soon. German would have a different opinion on this. It's pretty stable income, so it's not doesn't fluctuate. And no, my my, really good my opinion's the same. <laughs> I, I just if you I, not on your side, uh, yeah. if you're relying on it right now and you're yeah. under forty, yeah, yeah, I or yeah. maybe under fifty. If you're being negative, uh, I'd say that's probably not the safest bet. Yeah, it's it's not social security pension. Assuming you still meet the three times and everything else yes. checks out. I mean, but yeah. it's just a really good those. There's certain. Profiles have nothing to do with family, sex, race, whatever, all that, the fair housing. There's certain profiles that I jump on when I see it because it just, I, I see patterns of who make really good tenants and older well, if you, retirees. If you've and, retired and you have a good yeah. pension and social security, that just also means you planned ahead. Yeah. Who doesn't like somebody who plans ahead? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's and they're going to be there for a while. Yeah. And we've had people three, four years now and it's, they take, the, the house is better than when they found it, and we leave our houses in pretty good shape. It's just, they're awesome. Yeah. I know we should get all of them like that, right? Yeah. Double income. Double income is good. Well, happy That's anniversary, it. man. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to let you go home and do something. You, you doing something nice for the wifey? Got something planned? I wrote it down, actually. I need to, I'm going to go from here and do something, buy something. Better do some fucking nice. She's gonna hear this now and know that I just didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen to this podcast. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, even my wife doesn't. It's all right. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta love some landlording and some real estate to listen to three hours of two guys talking about landlording and real estate. Yeah. If she does, happy anniversary, Adrian. <laughs> we miss you. And he's joking. All right. Uh, he has something totally planned. Yeah, I got it right here. He told me about it earlier. So okay, right here. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, highly recommend you get in touch with Michael Dundon. I call him Mike. Facebook.com forward slash Dundon Nation, D-U-N-D-O-N Nation. You can also email him, email him, M-H-Dundon, D-U-N-D-O-N, at gmail.com. Awesome guy. Go back and listen to Jesse Boyd's podcast to his uh, partner, also, we reference several people. Go back and listen to Jeff Rabinowitz's podcast, the Josh Sterling podcast. There's several good ones in there. So, all right, folks, I do want to thank Mike. Thanks for coming out today. I appreciate no it. No problem. I appreciate you putting all this together for people. And uh, I will say, can I say something real quick? Absolutely, yeah. Since we're skipping the whole books and the podcast thing, which is fine, but yeah, no, we're I just- would say um, listen to this podcast. I've been doing it. I joked with Jeremy. I just switched from my 2005 iPod 
to getting the podcast on my phone because I'm behind the times. But this, it's pretty much all I listen to right now. It's just, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but this podcast, because I, it's cool actually knowing the people that are being interviewed and I, and pretty much everyone that he's interviewed is doing stuff. I try. Successful. <laughs> like, I've had a few slip like the cracks, every but... landlording, flipping agents, you know, I mean, Joe Delia to Josh Sterling and Jesse, all these guys like, It's really all you need for if you're in this area. I don't know about globally or wherever you are, but if you live in the Metro Detroit area. I think this applies I mean, nationwide. Maybe not the details, right? But yeah. um I mean I know probably five percent there is to know about real estate, but it's I know who to call and who to go to for well, thanks, dude. Whatever, I appreciate so. it. No, I put a lot awesome. of work in this podcast, I awesome. so I, I hope it. Um, I'm it. glad it shows, and I try and have serious fuckers on. You know what I'm saying? So I try and weed out the ass clowns. So I knew you were gonna cut that out of because we've gone so long, but no, I'm I didn't not. mention that. I don't edit these, man. <laughs> <laughs> really, I don't. You know, I just suck at editing, so I, 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 I don't. It all goes in. Yeah. So no, I appreciate that, man. And yeah, they, I think they should go back and listen to all of them. I think my later ones are better because I'm just a better interviewer, but. Um, yeah. I think there's gold in the early ones too. So I haven't heard a bad one yet. You don't think so? No, I don't, not that I know of. Awesome. I appreciate that, man. I have gotten better though, right? I you think, think so, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I work yeah, hard. Yeah, you have. You're a little more, yeah. I go back and I listen to them. You have. I try and avoid. Sound quality is a lot better. Yeah, the mics. And I try. Well, Chris Moser was that crack. Oh, like God, that. that one broke my heart. It's probably my favorite podcast too. Someday I'm going to pay I'm kind of like Chris Moser. That's why I like this. Dude, I fucking I'm love kinda, Chris. I my ambition, I want to. Like I said, I would be Chris Mosier, Nicaragua and Guatemala and traveling in the winters. That's, I want to be, that's my, I'm more of a lifestyle. I'm not trying to build a $10 million or $10 billion Donald Trump organization or. What I love about Chris Mosier. freedom and like. <laughs> he set a great example of how to lose everything and come back like a man. Yeah. That's without that example. I, I don't know stories, if yeah. I would have had, you know, like he gave me a yeah. blueprint on what to do, you know, like, okay. Yeah. Now I'm here. How do I dig myself out? And I watched him. I watched him do it. Yeah. I watched him from nothing dig himself out. Yeah. And he did it in about four and a half years. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I didn't know. See, and that's the cool. I was telling Tommy before this. I feel like I know everyone now. Like I, I love people's stories. I like as long as stories sell. As long as they're they've are interesting and they've done something with their life, but. All right. Well, I'll do a sneaky trick. <laughs> do you know why I do the stories? What? I think stories are the best way to teach. They are, yeah. And how I remember things is by story. So I try and do it by story too. Yeah. So that's exactly why I do it. That's Plus, the Mosier, trick. all I ever got at RDI was my insurance agent, Chris Mosier. I'd be cool just with yeah. going to RDI for all these years. If all I ever got was him. Dude's a gold standard. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Freaking yeah. insurance. Gold Not a sexy standard. topic, but oh, it makes. I am calling him for some insurance. We ended up just talking about running and traveling and he's cool as hell. Dude, he's, he's total. Cool. He's awesome. I have a man crush on him. I want to grow up to be him. <laughs> I, know. You know? I listen to, I'm like, that's my, I admire Joe and Josh and like those guys will be way more successful than I will. I will be financially and building huge things and all the praise in the world, but I'm more like Mosier. I'm more like, I just want to be running when I want to run and go travel go do whatever and just well, he loves what he world. does that's too. Kind of what I want to do. He loves what he does. Yeah. He does it really well too. That's it. 
I don't, I don't need much more than that. Kind of a simple, I'm a simple guy. So yeah. Well, I got to watch him go from that literally folks from nothing to everything and did it in a way that I think anybody can do it. I say man, but I think any woman could do it too. I just mean honorable with character, did the right thing. You know, I, I just, I don't know if he listens to this or not. Hopefully it doesn't come off too, you know, too man crushy, but it was a good example. He set a good example of what to do. And I think, I think people need good examples, or at least I do. I need a good example to follow. So I find it helpful. So me too. Awesome, dude. Folks, if you haven't already, go to iTunes review and rate, please. That's how we'll get up. Remember, we're going to do this again. And, uh, what I did last year, and I'm I'm not whining, but I did take a month off to do this podcast. When you add up all the hours I did, and I have to monetize that some way, shape, or form. How are we going to do that? We're going to do that by growing the listener base from 750 weekly listeners to 5,000. Here's how you can do it. Go to iTunes, rate and review. Uh, share it on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. If you like the podcast, if you don't like the podcast, don't do this, please. If you like the podcast, please share it, rate it, all that. And if I'm doing this right now, so the deal is I'm, I'm assuming you're going to hold up your end of the bargain. I'm going to double the amount of content I put out. We got some shit in the works. You're going to love it. It's going to be even more stuff. It's going to be different. We're going to tell stories. We're going to do book reviews. We're going to do deal by deal breakdowns. We have all sorts of things coming. We got the Borland Group monthly meetings. Something might more come out of that. We're going to have some live seller calls, stuff like that. All sorts of cool content coming out. So when you look yourself in the mirror, you will have no fucking excuses. All right. And I'm the same way. I'm doing this as much for me as I am doing it for you. It's extreme form of accountability. So, all right. If you are, you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, go to renegadetroit.com. If you're interested in attending any of the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Jeremy Burgess. I know I haven't been very active lately, but I'll change that. And as always, Snapchat Jeremy A. Burgess or youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. All right. I do it every, every week as I wrap up this podcast. I do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent. Or as what used to be, uh, be called adults. Um, I know it's it's been a while for a lot of people, and I succumb to it too. Nobody's going to take care of you, dude. Do debt, whoever you are. Nobody is going to take care of you, and anybody saying they're going to is lying. You got to take care of yourself, folks. World's not fair. Life's not fair. I'm a great example of it. I was raised by jackals. You know, I, you know, life sucks. Sometimes you, you, you pull the short straw, you know, do what you can. All right. If you don't have any goals, just pick some, right. Even if they're small goals. I remember when my goal was to shower. All right. (laughs) It just, what, you know, shower. Okay. Wear clean clothes. Okay. Wake up at a certain time. If you have to start that small, that's where you start, man. And then you just build from there. All right. You want to build, do set some goals, set some things you can accomplish and, if they have to be small, you want to build up some wins because when you win, you feel better about yourself, right? If you're hiding in the basement, you're not doing anything, you're a keyboard warrior, you're not going get out there, start attending the meetings. Even if you can't do anything, just start hanging around people doing things. Don't pretend to be something you're not. Just show up. Just start doing these things. All right? If you do these things, trust me, I went from hell 
to where I am. I still have a long way to go, but it, none of it happened on the couch. That's what I'm saying. All right. So get out there and don't give up, man. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall backwards. You're going to slip. Just get up. Just keep doing it, man. I'm trying to be encouraging here because uh, I know what it's like. All right. So, but I'm not going to give you any fucking excuses. You are the author of your life and you can't control what happens to you necessarily, but you can control how you deal with it and what you do afterwards. That's what I want to encourage you to do. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate your attention. And uh, I know you could do a lot of other things. So I do appreciate it. Um, it's actually kind of humbling. I can't believe that 750 people listen to me weekly. It's kind of crazy. Some guy ranting with some of his friends. And I don't know. I really appreciate it. And uh, till the next podcast, crush it.